In honor of this episode, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little bit inside baseball as to how we do things around here. Now, you didn't hear from me, but we're planning on calling this the fifth episode of the Cool Down Time Podcast, okay? And in this episode, we sat down. We've hit record and we've talked some shit and conversations abound. Microphones are included. That it has been confirmed and recording devices have been implemented. Now that I brought you up to speed on the complexities of what we do here, we're going to go ahead and let you enjoy this one. I hope you like video games. Combat spelled with the letter K. A conversation about games that have defined us throughout the years and how uh, Marco and I have, um, let me look around here, handled <laughs> our significant others when it comes to playing video games in a relationship. Huh? No, it's joking. This is a joke. Love you. Welcome to episode 5 of the Cool Down Time Podcast, the show about swamp butt, tambourines, nipple tassels, self-help books, and none of the above. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm your least favorite co-host and renowned creator of Terrible Show Openers, Marco, and joining me is my co-host that just bought the latest season pass <laughs> for seasonal allergies. Pablo, what's going on, man? What's hey, going man, on? Uh, just making a, a concerted effort to uh, not sniffle all over every the mic. Every day I'm sniffling, sniffling. Oh, I had to man. do that part. I got terrible, terrible <laughs> allergies. And every time I come here, and it's not just your uh, apartment. It's anybody's home that's not mine. Yeah. I just, like, clog up. So when you hear the little sniffy sniffles, <laughs> it ain't nothing nefarious. Yeah, uh, I mean. okay. Yeah, I mean, my apartment does smell like foot, ass, and Febreze, but it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. right. Yeah, it smells good. It smells good. Yeah, to say it. Um, well, now that we are five episodes deep, Pablo and I guarantee that this episode will be one of the top five best episodes we've ever recorded. Mm-hmm. All right? So, Pablo, why don't you prove it and tell the people what we got going on for today's show? Well, look, uh, this is just the way this happens all the time. We, uh, you can always expect an- over-analytical takes on video games, tinfoil hat theories, and things that uh, oh, we know yes. nothing about. And borderline maniac episodes recorded and then posted on the internet for all to witness. And this is how we do that. Uh, mm. uh, starting off with the loadouts, on each episode, Marco and I gear up with the things that we've been playing, watching, listening. We share all of that with you. Video games are usually the thing that we talk about the most, but sometimes we talk about things from other areas of interest. Sometimes we talk about how much we love those things mm. or how much we hate Mortal Kombat the movie or how much Marco hates Mortal Kombat that movie. We'll talk. Uh, we'll uh, talk. Then we move on to Booty Juice. Booty! Now, this might sound disgusting. That's because it is. And if it doesn't sound disgusting to you, well, we won't kink shame you, Marco. Uh, <laughs> but juice dripping from the booty just ain't appealing. Running down the leg. Oh, uh, yep. Yeah. Down of like... the socks. <laughs> into the pumas. You know what I'm man. saying to you? Why are you wearing pumas, man? I don't know. Uh, sort of like when a game director to one of your most anticipated games of the year quits, abruptly converts our anticipation into that game. Ooh. It's a complete and utter panic. Then, of course, the checkpoint... Uh, You've beat the first two levels of two guys sharing their feelings about shit, and now it's time for more of that. I thought we were going to escape. That's not happening. A more focused take on specific topics. Uh, we like to... What we're going to do here is we're going to talk about something really light, something really... Not, not too kind of in-depth. Just shit, but basically games that defines us as human beings. That's what we're going to be talking, That's we'll be talking about. That's, That's it. That's it. Much of that. And then we, uh, we're going to cool down, and we're going to talk about uh, story and experience, or even advice on things like... Um, 
uh, what it is to be in a relationship and love video games. It's hard work. You lie. It's hard work. It's a series. It's like a series of quick time events of love. You lie, man. That's all you do. You lie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but we have a good show, guys. As you can tell, this is gonna be this is gonna be fantastic. So uh, let's not waste any time. Let let's let's get into these loadouts, man. Let's talk about. Uh, one of your most anticipated games of uh, the 2020s. Yeah. Uh, MLB The Show. That's right. 21. Uh, on that pass. You on understand me? Uh, so, Pablo, I'm, I'm going to turn this over to you, man. This, this, is, this is a game you've been wanting to play for a while. Uh, walk me through it. Tell me how you're feeling. Is it, anytime in any podcast, uh, I always hear the host start apologizing when they're about to talk about a sports game. And... I am not going to sit here and talk to you guys about a sports game. I'm here to talk to you about an RPG. Oh. Because that's what MLB The Show is. And obviously, it's a baseball game. And yes, the joke's mm-hmm. out of the way. It is a sports game. And it is for a very specific audience. But MLB continues its concerted effort uh, to make the sport relevant to young people. And it's something that they haven't done before or actively done before. And they're doing that now. Uh, with all the players in the league and, and, and all the rule changes that they're trying to implement to kind of make it the game faster, to try to make... More exciting. Yeah, more exciting. And yeah. they're kind of taking those steps in, in MLB The Show, though those steps aren't as big as what MLB is doing actively. Um, but with that came the fact that Sony and the MLB license had to be renewed, and MLB decided that it's time for everybody to experience this because they love everybody. No, it's, it's about money. They, they want the <laughs> most people out there to get the most oh, yeah. amount of money. No question. Uh, so that's what happened. Uh, and, 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 and look, uh, I think that, and I want to kind of talk about this real quick. And you can jump in anytime you want about yeah. uh, MLB the show coming to Game Pass. Now, I think we've mentioned it before, but it is... It is a major deal that this is happening, and I and I, I still can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, uh, it, the fact that it's even on Xbox at all is crazy. To, to, to boot it up and see the PlayStation like splash intro is yeah. is ridiculous. I didn't think they were gonna do that because they were like ML, MLB oh. is the one that is publishing it, and they are on Xbox, but it's still PlayStation Studios. Yeah, yeah and I, that, that I like that man. Somewhere Phil Spencer's like yeah. But you know what? Sony should be happy about this too, because Sony is 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 giving the opportunity for their for their studios to, mm-hmm. for other people to see their work, because this is one of the most like praised simulation sports games ever. Like many people say, it is the like it is the best simulation uh, in terms. Oh yeah, of that. And, and and I agree. I'd have to agree. Now look. The, this is a baseball game. They have baseball modes, all that stuff. I'm not going to talk about it. Oh, now. it's baseball. It's fun. Yeah. yeah 100%. It, yeah. And, well, what I'm going to talk about is a very specific thing. I'm going to talk about the RPG element of the game, which is Road to the Show. Every year, uh, they have this, this thing. You create your player, and you make your way through the game of baseball. Uh, and in the past, one of the things I will say that uh, kind of turned me off about it is, is in the past, they would make you play all these kind of uh, showcase games. Yeah. And, and then... Based on that, that's where you get uh, that's where you get your um, th- your placement in the draft, mm-hmm. right? That's no longer the case. They're, 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 you're a top fifty prospect suddenly, and you get picked. That's literally how the game starts. You get picked, put into the uh, into into the into the poll uh, farm system, mm-hmm. and you got to make your way through it. The thing that makes this year special is there's a player out there, Shuhei Otani, uh, Shuhei Otani. I don't know how to say Japanese name correctly, but anyway, 
he is a two-way player. He is a pitcher. He is a designated hitter, and he hits bombs and he strikes out people. He throws 100 miles per hour, and he, you know, kind of like a Babe Ruth type, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year, the the show wanted to implement that into the game, and that is absolutely amazing because I can't tell you how many times I get 250 hours in. Which yes, I play this game that hard. Told and, y'all. And I, it's kind of just automatic for me because I'm just hitting and I'm fielding, I'm hitting and I'm fielding. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I get to pitch, it just feels it, it, every four days or every four days in game, it gives me something new to do. And yeah. I like that. And I like the fact that I now have to really concentrate and I have to actually put my points into certain things because now I have to spread that across three or four different things. Fielding, hitting, Oh, that's true. Yeah, pitching. I didn't even think so, of that. Yeah. Right, so now I have to really like think about it. The problem is, and this is the issue that I told Marco that I wasn't having, and then as I played more, I realized that it is an issue. It's the progression in the game itself kind of has it slowed down to almost a crawl because before you were able to uh, upgrade every few days. Now you could only upgrade on a day off. And it's a mess. Basically what I'm saying is the game has been slowed down to implement other uh, aspects of the game into the game, like Dynasty, Diamond Dynasty, which the, is the... It's the card game, basically. Yeah. It's like the ultimate team. If you're familiar right. with like FIFA or Madden, it's it's kind of the equivalent of that. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that they added is, and again, why I say it's an RPG, is equipment. Now you can add equipment into your player, which gives them proficiency boosts in certain areas, and uh, that is what's really upsetting people because mm-hmm. now you have to equip uh, this equipment and now people are like, well, I don't want to play this way. I want to play the regular way because, you know, there's a lot of people who don't really, aren't really RPG fans. Yeah. They play the show every year, but they don't even realize they're playing an RPG. And that's kind of weird because they're, they're trying to expand their audience to other people, but they're also having to kind of appease the community and their loyal fans. Mm-hmm. I'm a, one of those rare people, I guess I'm rare, is that I love video games like I do. I'm mean, doing a video game podcast here, but I also love MLB The Show as much as like those YouTubers who, who like kind of slave over it. Mm-hmm. Not so much Diamond Dynasty, more of a Road to the Show franchise kind Career of guy. guy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, I, I think that, for me, it, it, another thing that I really uh, am seeing, and this is kind of worries me, is a path to where they are very specific about a story they're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. Like FIFA, for example, did this with their uh, My Player, where they had yeah. a specific guy. You no longer created a guy. His name was Alex Hunter, and you created him, and you experienced his story, and you got to play the game, but you also had experience that guy's story. It wasn't you. Yeah. Um, and you know, and you were also saying that NBA 2K. Yeah, 2K is, does, is does the same thing bit. almost every year. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, so this one, they're, they're not doing that. It's not really like that, but they are trying to implement this kind of uh, story-based uh, thing, and it, it, it's around your two-way player. Mm-hmm. Now, Marco's playing, and he didn't. He opted out of the two-way player thing. He's just, uh, what are you playing? Just second baseman and a yeah. good old-fashioned hitter. He's hitting, and he's not really getting a lot of the podcast, video cast stuff from MLB. He's getting those, but not as much. I'm getting him like every other mm-hmm. um, game because I'm a two-way player. They talk about my pitching, talk about my hitting, so on and so forth. The thing is, is uh, my guy is raking right now, batting 400. My ERA is below 1.75. I'm my win- 10 wins, one loss, and I had one, I guess, for me in the game, bad game where I gave up three runs, and I had this uh, podcast video come up saying, oh, he's really struggling. Uh, what's going to happen is this... And that's what I'm, and, and that's kind of scary to me because I'm like, okay, 
are are they hinting towards that? Like next year, we're gonna have a more concentrated uh, effort in, in, into the road to the show because it doesn't. This is not what this is about for me. Like mm-hmm. if if it becomes a more specific RPG with a with a story that that everybody's gonna have to experience. I don't. I don't really. I don't want that. I don't want yeah. the illusion of choice like in Madden, where you play another, you play a specific player, and then you pick what college you went to, and that's about it when it comes to choice. Yeah. And I don't like any of that. I, that I, for me, that's. I don't play these games for cinematic uh, experiences. Mm-hmm. When NBA tried to do it with the Spike Lee joint bullshit, I mean, <laughs> it was horrific. It was absolutely <laughs> horrible. It was just trash. I, I don't yeah. want any of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, again, I can go on about this game, and I can go into specifics. Uh, I, I, I don't want to kind of bore anybody with this. I, I just kind of want to give my thought on it. Uh, it'd be a shame for me to, to be, have a, a baseball, uh, a baseball podcast. I wish a, uh, <laughs> a video game podcast and not talk about MLB the Show. But yeah, you know, I think ultimately the story behind the fact that it's now on Xbox, first mm-hmm. time ever, a PlayStation. That dramas, it ha- that drama has definitely added to the. Uh, the appeal of the game, and I know there's going to be a lot of a lot of you people out there who either don't like baseball or like baseball but never played the baseball simulator because you're either an Xbox fan or just don't like sports games. Mm-hmm. And now you have this available to you. Yeah. And so it's not like Madden where you know you have to throw in sixty now seventy dollars to play it, and you hear some guy talk about it on the podcast you listen to about video games, and you're annoyed. Now you actually can go into your Game Pass and download it and play it. Yeah. You know, I think if you remotely. Uh, are into baseball or at least understand the game of baseball and like RPGs. Remember, it's a light RPG elements, but still, it's something there. Uh, I think you should give it a try. I mean, it's 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 free for you. Technically. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think I think it's a good it's a good option. Um, it, I, I'm I'm not much of a baseball fan. I used to be, you know, following along back when Pablo and I were kids. He kind of got me into it through kind of osmosis, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, you know, for me, it was I, I don't really know any of the players that play the game now. I, I maybe three or four people I can remember by name. Um, but most of the way, it's just kind of me treating it like as an RPG of just kind of coming into a sport, um, learning how to, you know, understand the mechanics of the game, uh, figuring out what kind of player I want to be, and just kind of going in, getting my feet wet, uh, learning the hard way, kind of figuring out what my specific style of play is, and trying to accentuate that with my character. Um, So in that sense, when you strip away the sport aspect of it, the MLB aspect of it, it really is an RPG down to its, its, its core function. Um, and if you are able to look at that way and have appreciation for sports just in general, uh, even if you're not much of a baseball lover, I would say it's still worth checking out. Yeah. So. And, and baseball itself is a very statistic-driven game. Yeah. And so that kind of goes with the RPG elements of it, and, and, and you know, mm. it, I, I really do enjoy it for that, and that's why I put so much time into it. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's a, that's the last time I'll probably talk about MLB The Show on here until probably <laughs> Game of the Year, and, but we'll see how that how all that shakes out. I feel that. I feel that. Um, well, you know, Pablo, we uh, we've also been playing. Um, we've been we've been playing some games that we kind of missed out on last year. Um, you know, just kind of waiting in the wings for our Series Xs. We finally got them, uh, and one of the games that was on our bucket list to go back to was actually Gears Five Hive Busters DLC. Um, now. I didn't really hear a lot of people talking too much about the game, uh, this DLC, when it came out. I don't know about you. I heard a little bit, um, but not, not. I heard I heard a little bit, but mm-hmm. playing this game, I am fucking shocked. I can't I understand. Didn't hear, I didn't hear like yeah, this really people really talk about this. Yeah, I mean, this is basically um, I, I don't know how the, how to describe it best, but it's just like a it's a mini campaign. Yeah, uh, of of a different cast of characters. Um, 
I think their premise is literally they're out to find a hive and yeah. and 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 bust it down. Uh, <laughs> you know I busted them, yeah. So you know, um, so you know, I really came into it not knowing anything about the DLC, mm-hmm. uh, and and that was halfway on purpose because I knew I was going to get to it eventually because I loved Gears Five uh, as far as like the regular campaign right. went. Um, and you know, Pablo and I fired this up uh, a couple days ago, and. Right off the bat, and Pablo kind of said it, and I was already thinking it. Like, man, I really miss Gears of War. Yeah. Like, you know, like this game is is such a perfect bridge, uh, you know, gap of a of a game or a gap bridger of a yeah. game uh, for the Gears series because it's 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 short, it's sweet, doesn't overstay its welcome. It's uh, it's a nice little. I I want to say maybe three four hour add on tops. I don't think it's any longer than that. I think about but, four hours. Is but in longer. that four hours of time, it almost reminded me a little bit, it, very loosely, of of Lost Legacy from from Uncharted. Okay, yeah. Because it it really kind of condenses a lot of some of the best aspects of uh of the, of the gears. Uh, formula right. in terms of campaign and condenses it down to something really fun, really punchy uh, that that kind of gets to the shits right away. Yep, um, and has a really really good flow to the to the campaign. The, you know, the story is is not necessarily the star of the show by any stretch of the imagination, but um, the characters that are in the game have really good banter together. You kind of you know you don't have to feel a connection to them per se, but they're they're cool and, and you know you're kind of interested to see what happens to each of them. Uh, we realize that partway through playing the game that they all have a little bit of their own little yeah. thing going on that we didn't know about right. um, which we won't spoil because I, we, I, I think we both recommend that anybody goes back and plays this um, especially again the chance yeah on game pass uh, and on game pass um, so you know I thought personally and I and, and we, we are I think we're one mission away from finishing it together but you're in the last chapter yeah. uh, last chapter I think there's six all together but I think this this um, experience if if I had played it last year, I'm almost positive it would have cracked my top ten. Yeah, I know, I know for sure it would for me. And even yeah. though it's DLC, people could say, "Well, it's not really a, a full-on game thing," but it kind of is in a sense. I mean, it's, yeah. it's short for sure, but it it is a kind of a full experience in a way. And, and it was and it was kind of promoted that way too. Um, yeah. When Coalition talked about it, they were like, "Yeah, this is a story expansion." Um, and and usually when you say that, it's you know, you think Lost Legacy, mm. and you think uh, that kind of expansion, and that's what this is. Uh, um, I th- one of the things that this game does for me is is first and foremost what you said in terms of it reminds me how much I miss Gears, and really what it reminds me of is how much I miss well-made games. Uh, in that Gears <laughs> is just like that's a good point. Yeah, though. Gears is just a it is a a well-made game. It's it is, polished. It's polished to a it's, to a T, it's absolutely mm-hmm. amazing, and then going back into that and and having that and playing that and and this game is absolutely beautiful. Oh, on Series X, it is. Yeah. It, it looks it looks damn near next yeah. gen. It's it's gorgeous. I mean, uh, yesterday we were uh, on a mission where uh, a helicopter flew over us and then this thing was chasing us and it that oh, yeah. that was like it that like blew my I was like holy shit that looks incredible. I mean, yeah, you know, it, I th- and the other thing that it does for me it kind of shows me a way of gears without marcus phoenix mm-hmm. because i don't know if it's a mental thing where i'm like this is just a dlc we're not gonna see marcus phoenix it's fine mm-hmm. but I, i'm playing this game it feels like gears yeah it sounds like gears it smells like gears mm-hmm. um but 
I I not, not I've never been like mm, I wish Marcus Phoenix would show up and say Razor Hell or something yeah. like that. I, <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait! You gonna have to practice. Run that one one more time because <laughs> that was country as a motherfucker. I mean, you know, Marcus, he's, he's growing tomatoes, man. <laughs> uh, but um, okay, so it kind of it's a it's a path to to gears. Yeah. Outside of uh, of the Phoenix family, and I and I yeah. and I do enjoy that. I do too. It does have some characters that are oh, either sure. related to characters from the main story because it arc. is like a, it looks like it's before the events of. of I of think Gears it is, 5. or yeah. yeah, yeah. So it man, it was, it's it's man. I yeah, I, I definitely want to crack my my top ten for sure. Yeah, I recommend anybody go back and play it if you're ever in in the mood for for Gears and you happen to have Game Pass. There's no excuse not to go back to it. Yeah, um, especially while we're still kind of waiting on the big like rush of releases this year which there might not even really be that many right uh, the way it's starting to look but um but man i i can't recommend this enough i'm pleasantly surprised it it lived up to every expectation that i had uh as a best case scenario yes um and last thing i'll say and and pablo's kind of discovered this and recently but um it's a little nerdy, but the use of Dolby Atmos in this game with the sound quality when you have a good pair of cans it's is is insanely good. Um, so it, it's it's fully immersive. It has the polish that you want, the gameplay beats that you're looking for. Um, I'm I'm all about it, man. Yeah, I I, I will say um, that one of the things that this kind of brings up to the forefront because I'm not going to make this a, a complete like love fest of Gears is the fact that Gears. It Gears Five tried to do something different with its kind of open world uh, areas. Mm -hmm. um, however, when you were once you reached the point in the open world area where you needed to go in the whatever, right, in the space, in the building, whatever the case may be, it is kind of like you're in a room, clear the room, next. You're mm -hmm. in a room, clear, mm -hmm. and this is a lot of that. And it's a DLC, and you can tell the. DLC stitches where it's not a full fledged game. Where yeah, it's a little corridor shooter esque. Yeah, yeah it's like all right, yeah. helicopters here. Oh, okay, wait, shoot them all, kill them all. All right, now you can leave. That kind of stuff. And, and I and I here's what I'll say for the future of Gears. I want that to be. I want the game to always feel like Gears. And I know that's never gonna go away. That, that kind of portion is fine. Sure. But I want less of that because even in Gears Five thinking about certain areas, it was a lot of that. That open world stuff was really awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I think it overstayed its welcome a little bit because it wasn't fully fledged out. It was kind of halfway done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then w once you got to the, for me, and it's kind of off topic, for me, if that op that ice world that was open at the beginning, the second, the second level, chapter, if that would have been the only thing that was open, that would have been fine. Or the sand, oh. one or the other, because yeah, it felt back very, to back, it yeah. is a lot. Yeah, I, going back to that's probably not going to feel as fun the second time yeah. around. It's going to feel a little bit more like a chore than it probably did for me the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's what I'm thinking. But I, I yeah. hope that Gears Six, which is an in inevitable, it's going to happen. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, they have a whole team freaking called the Coalition, mm -hmm. literally made to make Just Gears games. Gears makers. Yeah. Um, I would say that um, I am really. Uh, looking forward to the future of the franchise. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, uh, for whatever reason, and I love Gears 5, and it was in my top 10 list, I kind of forgot how amazing Gears is. Let me throw a little wrench in here and yeah. ask you a quick question. And this is this is this might be a tough one, might not be, but uh -huh. I'm actually curious to know, out of out of Gears and Halo, what what franchise do you think has been more successful? Well, for me, or uh, for you, I, or I guess what what which franchise do you think has 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 been better for you? <sighs> That's a tough question because that's why I'm asking. I'm curious to know. Like, okay, I, I I think I'm I'm gonna just say Halo. Um, the reason for that is uh is 
one element, and that's the multiplayer aspect of it. Gears multiplayer, I put a lot into Gears 2 multiplayer, Gears 3 multiplayer, but is it for me, it never really touched or reached the uh, okay. the, the level of the of a Halo multiplayer. Mm. Now, when it comes to the story of, of that, Gears 5 and even 4 yeah. really started to break away from mm-hmm. the Halo uh, in terms of that. Because Halo story has always been very minimal. You want Halo story to read the novels, basically, was, was the whole yeah, yeah. Though Halo 4 was very lore-heavy, and yeah. people were kind of like, what? The librarian? Uh, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and and 5 is 5 is just a complete I'll say this about 5. Well, this is this is kind of why I'm asking. Yeah. I'll say this about 5. The quality of 5, the way they told the story in terms of like the cinematics was awesome. Like it looked great, right? Mm-hmm. They had the, the cinematic the 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 the, the cinematic uh, trailer or the scenes the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. CGI scenes. Those looked awesome. Voice acting was great. It gave a lot of personality to a lot of players. But the actual story was it was a complete misstep. It's like, who thought that we wanted the fifth Halo game without, without Master Chief? Like, like hardly playing Master Chief, playing some, uh, a team of people chasing the, your, the guy? Yeah, yeah. You know? It was just uh, a and, series and it of was, huge mistakes. It wasn't, and in Cortana, that entire relationship we love, and they forcefully just kind of like, it just wasn't a good experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like, I like visually the way that looks, and, and I like what they do, and I, and I, I don't know if Blur it does there or if it's just that was just for that one game mm. for the remix but regardless however the the story of gears it's just like 1a 1b for me because the story of gears 4 man could have been a complete mess it it could have been a mess it was without it was without but, quote unquote phoenix right you play his son jd who's who's kind of a he's wet like the, bag. a little nathan yeah, drake yeah weird kind of douchebag guy yeah. but it's the supporting characters exactly it's the story exactly. it's the fact the father-son relationship that that comes into play uh and then five and, and five just continues that and I, I, five stories so good that's what i'm saying listen and I, you play and you play something you play kate right you play somebody yeah. else and you still it, it feels just, it feels like feels it doesn't miss a step perfectly fine yeah I, I think because it, it came to mind while we were talking about it, like I honestly I think that Gears as a franchise has kind of surpassed Halo overall as as a overall better franchise because it's been it's been in better shape across its entirety than I think Halo has Halo has peaks and valleys yeah. really bad obviously Halo Combat Evolved is a classic everybody knows that Halo Two some people love it some people look disappointed by it but, but I, I get cliffhanger it, yeah. ending you know it, trouble development yeah, trouble development yeah. yeah Halo Three great game Halo Four that's also where it starts to get divided, a little yeah. iffy. Uh, you've got the spin-offs, ODST, but Reach. Those are which, are, which are which uh, ODSTs. ODST is one of my favorites. It's probably yeah. my, my second favorite. Yeah. But I think I think it's just been too inconsistent with Halo. But here's my and here's my question to you, is what because when we look at this, I think that Gears, its its primary function is to tell you its story, its campaign. Mm-hmm. Halo, its primary function is a multiplayer game. At the end of the day. So what does in, in my eyes what is better is the gears is the gears story better than do they do the story better than when Halo does their multiplayer that's how that's kind of where I'm at because I feel like gears started picking up because I'll tell you this I hated gears three mm-hmm. I think it I, I think mm-hmm. gears three overstated its welcome I think gears judgment is is a a, a good idea I, it was just too much it reminds me it was me probably of, their only like miss but it reminds me of say. God of War Ascension where 
God of War 1, 2, and 3, and then Ascension comes out, well, and you're like, uh, it's just too much. Too much okay. of the same thing. And I feel like Gears, all the way till 4, was very samey, uh, and, 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 the, and the multiplayer was good. Very good. It just wasn't the Halo level. So I, here, here's what I'll say. If Halo Infinite comes out and drops the ball, and, 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 and I'm not talking about like, okay, good story, good multiplayer. No, no. It has to be great story, incredibly, incredible mm-hmm. multiplayer. It has to. It, yeah. this, is, this is the flagship. There's, there's no misses yeah. that are allowed at this no, time. And that's unfair to the game, sure, because no game is perfect. But it, it's, 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 it's the sixth mainline iteration of a game. It has been hyped to hell. It is the reason you buy an Xbox Series X, yeah. and it has to deliver. It does, period. So, if Halo Infinite drops the ball in any way, shape, or form, and Gears 6, Six just kills. is a little better. No, mm-hmm. just a little better oh, okay. than 5. Okay. That's it, I think. Because Halo 5 is so good. Halo 5 is so good that I... Halo 5? I, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Gears 5 what is... What you talking? Oh, no, Gears 5 <laughs> is so good Okay. that they don't have to do that much. I mean, the, the, I mean, come on. That whole, that whole Hamilton bit, you remember? Did you... Oh, I remember. That I was, remember all the things. All that, dumb, all that great shit is just... That's such good shit. That's uh, cool. <laughs> you know what? Um, before we move on, I, I think my dream announcement would be a Gears of War collection, like Master Chief collection. They did it with the first the remake on that If one, they do something great. like that and have like multiplayer with all the maps, all the... You know, you can pick Gears of War 1 gameplay, blah, blah, blah. That would be so dope. Just call it the Marcus Phoenix Club. You got it the there. Phoenix, yeah, I'm saying. Phoenix Rising. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Uh, you know, anyways, we went on a Gears tangent, but uh, we don't give a fuck. But uh, go play Hive Busters if you can. It is it is absolutely worth three, four hours of your time. You cannot go wrong with it at all. I think we're I think we're I think we might try we should try just to go through Gears Five. We might, yeah, because yeah. I think I got the kind of the itch now to go back and play yeah. the campaign again, see how I feel about it after a few years. Um Speaking of coming back after a few years, Pablo, talk about the next game on your loadout. Yeah, so, you know, I got an Xbox Series X. You know, I'm fancy and shit. You bragging. Uh, and um, I just kind of wanted to play games that are take advantage of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say something that is a little controversial. And I didn't tell you this because I just kind of thought about it while I was looking at the games that I've been playing. Let me not take a sip of anything while you're talking. Is right. um, I am not disappointed by the first uh, for FP, uh, FPS boost. I'm not disappointed by it in any way, shape, or form. I think that's a cool uh, okay. feature. But playing Fallout 4 and playing even trying Prey again, I was like, yeah, it's better. But it's not, I need to play this again better. Like, it's not I have to experience this in this light. Because it's okay. the, the, the upgrades are there and they're noticeable, but they're not, they, they're not, they don't change the game. You know, okay. for me, they don't change the game. And so it's kind of like, I, I, I still had that itch. I, I still want to see my, my, my Xbox do shit, like flex on me, you know? Okay. And, and, Was that and what I, you were not going to tell me? No, that, 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 yeah, that's it. That's oh, it. Oh, okay. The, the I, was, I was a little PS, nervous. No, that was it. And, and I, wonder, <laughs> okay. and I wanted my, my, I want my Xbox to show me shit, man. Do mm. your thing. Mm. And um, Hive Busters delivers for sure. Uh, but that was like, okay, I want something else. And I started looking at games that check off all the boxes. What is it? Uh, 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 loading? Uh, yep. Uh, uh, graphical kind of improvement here because of the uh, resolution and the frame rate. Check. Right, right. Adobe Atmos, which 
I love it, but not that many games are taking advantage of it right not now. Yeah, yeah. So, Shadow of the Tomb Raider checks all those. It's on Game Pass. It's, gonna, it's a theme here, right? Download it on Game Pass. I'm definitely just going to play this for one minute, two minutes, right? I, 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 I don't know if it's the fact that I wasn't in the mood for it when it first came out. I didn't pay attention. I was spoiled. I don't know what it was, but when that game comes on and it starts moving, it starts like I'm seeing shit happen. I'm like, this game is absolutely beautiful. Like it is. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, looking. and it was, yeah. But with all these updates and the uh, Adobe Atmos shit, I'm like, this this game is fucking awesome. Like the way it looks. Now, the thing that makes this game a great experience is the bomb- bombastic nature of the game. I mean, you you get a whole goddamn town gets flooded. Like it's all of it. It's crazy, and mm. and and I think that really lends it to to, to kind of me experiencing the Xbox Series X. Uh, and kind of show even though it's an old game and even though it's not really optimized per se specifically for Xbox Series X that excites me because if a game could look like this now imagine a couple years down the road and I I am always now going to be looking for that part of a game when it comes out mm. like the um mm. you know R- ratchet and clank i'm not a huge ratchet and clank fan i'm a when it comes to those kind of games i'm a sly cooper uh, fan right uh but i'm I'm hyped for Ratchet Clank. That demo that came out uh, today was... I don't know how anybody the, can see that demo. The, and be, oh, the, the trailer? Uh, the trailer. And yeah. I don't know how anybody can see that trailer and be like, oh, this game sucks. Oh, come or on. I, come on. I, if you're not a fan of that, you can at the very least appreciate how that game looks and what that game is yeah. doing with the, with the system. Um, and so I always want that. And and, 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 and Shadow of the Tomb Raider is, is delivering. I'm not really going to talk about what the game is. You guys know what it is. I, I, yeah. I just kind of want to talk about how... I wanted to talk about how... I'm really excited for the future of, of, of the Xbox and PlayStation and all that. And, and, you know. I'm really excited for Tomb Raider's future, too. I mean, I want to see what they do next. I, I don't know what they're going to do next, they, to well, be honest. Apparently, they're, 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 they're kind of on a holding pattern. Yeah. Um, there, there was a, a rumor that they were working secretly on a Tomb Raider game, mm-hmm. but apparently that's not the case. I, what I want um, is I want them to make the next. Uh, Deus Ex. Idols Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. I want them to do it. Uh, they support it in the other one, right? They, or I believe so. Yeah. So I, I think there was that. But I kind of just... That's kind of where I want the franchise to go. Uh, mm-hmm. But but ultimately, yeah. Shadow Tomb Raider, um, it, it's absolutely amazing. It yeah, it's worth great. going back to yeah, for I sure. I think so. It's three, and, and I think I, it's three years old, but yeah, it's I think it's I might... Great. I think I might not fit... I think I might keep playing it in terms of like... Yeah. Go back to it when I'm not playing the show. Because I like to have something that I play secondary to the show. Yeah, to kind, um, of to kind of balance it out. out. Yeah. Um, and I will say this. I think I'm falling off of Call of Duty, like, legit. Because I haven't played in a couple of days, and it's a new season. Like, I should be on that shit. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I played one match, and I looked at the season pass, and I'm like, later. Yeah, I'm like, it's so, happening. So it's, it's happening. happening. Yeah, it's happening. Um, <laughs> you, got a lot of, you got a lot of run for your money out of that, though. So you, it's, oh, yeah, it's, man. Yeah. 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 That, and I was – and it's weird because – I'm playing it, genuinely enjoying it, and and when it comes to certain things, I could be a little contrarian, but mm-hmm. I love this game, and not because people hate it. I, I still don't understand. Yeah, I, it's weird. Man. Yeah, yeah, I don't get it either. Um, speaking of going back through the backlog or, or kind of uh, you know taking a trip down memory lane, um, I have gone back to what I am starting to feel is perhaps the best Metroidvania game ever made. Hey, boy, and the uh, words and it and it and it might. Not be Super Metroid uh, or Symphony of the Night. It might be our boy Hollow Knight. Um, once Hollow again, be that name? 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hollow Knight. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. Um, so, um, man, uh, it, it's on Game Pass. It's on Switch. It's where I originally played the game the uh, first time. Um, and, man, going back to it, and I won't spend too much time talking about it, but it is um, the, the gameplay, the atmosphere, the music, the challenge, the uh, the vibe, to get a little hippie on y'all, is, is everything about this game and what it does um, is, is done to such a premium, near-perfect level that it's... It's one of those games where I I can't help but marvel at it every time I pick it up because uh, when, when you watch like if you were to go on YouTube right now and watch, and, and pull it up and see okay what is this game he's talking about Hollow Knight what and you watch gameplay of it it looks like the very kinds of games that I would shit on from the indie scene it's a 2D side scrolling Metroidvania and so you know at first glance nothing looks really remarkable about it but it's not until you get the game in your hands, and you're you're feeling the tight controls, the way that the the attacks feel, the way exploration feels, the way it feels to unlock new abilities, go back to places that you couldn't before, uh, and, and tackle those those areas. Um, the the change in levels, uh, the level design, um, the sound, everything comes together in such a, an amazing harmonious way. Not to, again, I know, I know it sounds super pretentious right now, but it really is one of those games that just kind of in every single way possible, it just excels. And so um, I want to try to play through it as much as I can. Never got a chance to beat it the first time around, but because the new Hollow Knight Silk Song is coming out uh, later this year, um, I am determined to try to go back and finish uh, the original Hollow Knight. And I highly recommend that all of you uh, give that bitch a try because it is fantastic. It's Game Pass, huh? Game Pass. Uh, with all the DLC included as well, so plenty of content if you are in the mood for a really, really great best-in-class, um, literally, uh, Metroidvania experience. Dope. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, we got through all the games in our loadout, but we got to talk. We got to talk about it. We got to yeah. talk about uh, that, that, that Mortal Kombat movie film experience. So, before we get, before we, okay. we get into it, I want to ask you a question. If you had to rate this movie from out of five, what would you give it? I would give it probably a two and a half. You, you see, that's the thing is that you 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 tell me you hate it. I hate it, and I I like, hate it. I like it, but I would probably give it a two and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, I would probably also give it a two and a half. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I'm not shitting you, it's a, <laughs> and I and I and I was hoping that you would say two and a half or three or two because. I, I, yeah, it's a, all right, so a couple of weeks ago, I did the uh, booty juice on movie tie-in games, and I mm-hmm. ran out a list of games uh, that are movies, and they were all bad. This is not going to change that. Uh, as no. a motion picture, this is a bad motion picture. The acting is bad. The writing <laughs> is bad. Oh, man. The story is particularly bad considering that there is oh. a there is a, a, a very simple story in Mortal Kombat. You go and you go and you do Mortal Kombat. The tournament. The tournament, which is not in this movie. Nope. It is a preamble to it, it is a lead up to it, and that is in itself baffling, mm. but also 
I see that they're building something, but I don't really give a shit about what they're building. I don't care if they're building it to the Avengers, Mortal Kombat, the Avengers, right? They're, you're trying to go that route. I can tell. Right. And, that's, and, and they're going to because it, it's a huge, it's, it's made mm-hmm. money in the box office, but it, it's killed on HBO Max. And people like me, mm-hmm. who are, I'm not going to call myself a pretentious movie snob, but I do like certain aspects of movies, and I'm very harsh on movies. I couldn't hate this movie and I believe me I was watching and I'm like yeah that sucks but I was like I was still like I was still laughing having a good time I was really enjoying what made this what like okay (laughs) I'll let you finish go ahead I just think for me Uh what I want out of a Mortal Kombat movie is less you know less about story I don't want any of that it doesn't matter the story sucks okay even even in the video game it's a bad story it's I want to see fatalities. I want to see characters that I that I know through the video game. I want them to see. I want to see them on the screen, and I want them to to do the things that they do in the game, right? With an R rating, take advantage of that, and it did absolutely took advantage of that. I, I like uh, it's it's cheesy, it's corny. When Kung Lao does the spinning fatality of his hat and kills, oh, God. and he says, and he says. <laughs> Flawless victory. It's corny oh, and it's terrible. Take his soul. But hey, and it did though. Uh, and, Spoilers, and, by well, the way. Yeah. Spoilers. And, yeah. and 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 when he did that, everything in my body was like, oh, this is terrible. But I just was like, yeah, I popped like a dumbass. Oh. I was like, that's kind of what I wanted to see, you know. Oh. And then, okay. I, and and, that, and my thing though, and, and kind of. And, I, and I'm and looking at the movie in a critical eye in that way as a fan of the game. And not even a super fan, just fan of the game itself. Uh, I uh, want to talk about... Well, go ahead and kind of give your piece because I want to get into kind of some of the characters, what worked and didn't work with those characters, and what I want to see. And, you know, just... All right. Let's do it. All right. So here's the thing. I I am all about dumb so bad it's good movies i i literally i will put movies like that on in the background and just i did that shit with like the tekken movie like that it, it was like it was on like it was free on this on, is better than that oh of course it's better oh, than that. Okay, i'm just saying right. like i i okay, for yeah. some reason those movies uh, i i can't i can't stop watching them because of how how terrible they are and i get a kick out of how terrible they are i don't think contrary to what people want to say I don't think that the intention was for Mortal Kombat to be a tongue like so bad it's good type of experience. I think it was. Man. I don't think so. And and I here's what I did. Earlier today I watched the trailers of the movie. I watched the Red Band trailer more specifically. And the way that that trailer is framed is in a very super serious fashion. Mm-hmm. There's none of the hokey, fatality, uh, call-outs, leg sweeps, and all that stuff. It's all very, very serious. I think that's marketing because I think they're trying well, to. I think they're trying to uh, take advantage of the uh, rated R Snyder stuff, and and, and, that's, and that's fine. Yeah. But that's not what the movie was. No. So not at all. my disappointment gotcha, comes gotcha. from the fact gotcha. that. Gotcha. I wasn't led to believe that this was going to be a fan service type of film, right? So going through and watching it, it was especially jarring to me because it started off really, really good with you know the whole you know origin of of, it did the thing that you thought was going to exactly with with Scorpion and all that, and I'm like, okay, great, this is exactly what I was kind of hoping it would be. 
then it kind of cuts to the present day and that's where things start to kind of unravel a little bit and you realize oh uh who is this guy yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh cole uh Definitely. hi cole yeah. uh been dying to see you uh, in the new mortal Kombat. uh what game are you in yeah oh you don't do okay okay got you, not a got game. you uh, great, this is starting off fantastic. And then it just, it was a slippery slope from there. And it got to the point where I realized this this movie is trying to be a Marvel movie. It's got the yes. snark, the quips, it's yes. got Kano basically being every quip comic book character from all those movies, all in one, all in one but guy. I will say, he did, he killed it. He did fine. He killed it. I, I, but, he like, was cool. He, he was definitely... But he was filling yes. that space for yes, sure. Yes. Uh, and then it got really bizarre in a sense of taking really, like, look, Goro is that dude in Mortal Kombat. If you go back, he is that dude. I don't know why, because in the first Mortal Kombat movie, they also fuck with him when, when they did John Cage punches him in the nuts. Shit. So I'm literally, and I tweeted this, I'm, I'm, I'm realizing that I'm in a moment in time in my life where I'm watching a Mortal Kombat movie where Goro is fighting a guy that's never been in a Mortal Kombat game in a woodshed located in Gary, Indiana. <laughs> was that the movie that anybody had in mind? So I don't want to, like, I, I, I get it. You know, it's the popcorn flick, so bad it's a good thing, it's cute, but it's that, great. That, that, but that particular on. fighting scene and that whole thing was uh, was very bad. Bruh, yeah. and, the, and of course you touched on the acting being bad and... It was it was really bad. Like, and I'm not really finicky about acting performances. You can be okay and get the lines out and look like you know what you're talking about. It's cool with me. But this was a different level. Like, it got so bad that you can tell that it was cut in a way where they didn't have to focus yeah. on the actual person's talking. Yeah. Like, they would start to talk and then they'd cut to another scene of like somebody driving on a road like yeah. far back and you could still hear the guy talking. One of those type of things. Right. And, and it's like, oh, I see what they're doing there. They're trying to like cover this up a little bit. Yeah. I, I think what they were really trying to do with that stuff is kind of uh streamline the action process because like i think lewis tan who plays cole young is was maybe in one or two movies but he's primarily a stunt uh double exactly yeah, yeah. so it's one of those things where like oh right, he could fight he could do all these things to kind of like oh let's just kind of yeah but i i will say that i agree with everything i think you're right i think you're absolutely correct um i just like those moments like it was okay there's a part in the in in in, in the in the in the movie where uh, Liu Kang is fighting Kano and he's doing the leg sweep. Yes. Which is the move that my brother used to do to me when he played Mortal Kombat. Death, I yeah. to, he always beat me. I'm like, can you do any other move? That's literally what Kano says. <laughs> do you know any other move? And that kind of stuff just led me to believe that the people behind this movie understand Mortal Kombat. And that's, and that's kind of my problem with, more, with, with video game movies is big production studios are behind it, directors, writers that maybe know a little bit about what this is but aren't really like to the point where like really big fans of it mm -hmm. and so they almost don't they almost miss the nuance of of what the game is because uh, mm -hmm. when you I, when i watched uh, when i try to watch assassin's creed the movie um i was like oh they literally don't know what this this, this is about oh at all they think yeah. this is a time travel movie <laughs> it's it, it, absolutely fucking atrocious um at the very least they understand what mortal kombat is warts it all because mortal kombat is 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 very cr uh, uh, crass. Mortal Kombat is very corny and it's very dr bro, dude. Like you know, with the whole you know all the fatalities and all this, it's all very mm -hmm. like fucking frat house uh, oh, violence, yeah, yeah. right? That kind of. And this is what this movie kind of embraces uh, yeah. to an extent. And 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 that's 
kind of what I've come to realize when I, it's a video game movie and they get it, I'm going to give you almost all the passes because it's like you're, 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 you're really doing the thing that I saw in the game and it makes sense here because, you know, I mean, let's talk about Mario the movie like that what the, oh, God, they, did they on. ever play a mario game like no <laughs> you know so it's just one of those things where um yeah it, for me i i i also give it a 2.5 as a person who loves movies and enjoys the craft of filmmaking whatever you know i can't sit here and tell you this is a, a fine piece of cinematic art it's a two and a half star movie mm-hmm. and maybe even worse than that yeah uh but i enjoyed i enjoyed my time with it and See, it didn't overstay his welcome it was like an hour and f- 20 minutes or something. Thank like God that. it yeah, overstays yeah. well. Um, man, I, I think I, the way that people feel about Mortal Kombat is, is almost, because I watched the movie like right after, actually. It, it's the same way that I felt watching Godzilla vs. Kong. Mm. It's the same feeling. Like, that was, I had, I knew exactly what I was getting myself into. Yeah. It's just going to be fighting. It's going to be some, some add-on characters to try to, you know, connect things together, and then we'll, we're cool. Like, if I knew that Mortal Kombat was going to be this yeah. coming into it, it was, because yeah. of the trailers, the marketing, and all that stuff, you know, if it had been steered the right way, I would have been way more prepared to say, okay, I, my expectations are here instead of up here. Um, but they made it seem like they were going to go down this very serious but well-tied-together path. I, and and I, I just so, didn't do that. And I agree, because I saw it too, and that worried me. Because I, I, was, I was telling one of my friends um, that I wasn't going to watch the movie. Because it was that serious. I was like, I don't want to see another. The the the, the Zack Snyder stuff. I like all that. She was mm-hmm. dope. I love all that. You know, because that's a. I don't want. I don't. Batman, Superman, all those things. Those are dark comics. They can get dark, right? Mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat was never really dark. It just it had dark humor. It was over the top yeah, violence, but it, it wasn't that's exactly like right. over it, the top. Yeah, it wasn't telling you a story of like uh, Scorpion lamenting the, the death of his. Children. It had lore, yeah, for sure, lore, but, but the, it was never anything yeah, like. Yeah, and it's the whole gore, the whole gore over lore, and the lore over gore crowd, whatever. Yeah. I, 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 if you are a lore over gore person, I, I, and you went to Mortal Kombat, I'm just trying to find a way to make a Loro joke. I wanted to see a character <laughs> named Loro, uh, but um, <laughs> sorry. Ultimately, <laughs> so I was, I, I was kind of turned off by that, and then I watched the movie because uh, surprisingly, my wife wanted to see it. Uh, my wife uh, is the only uh, daughter, it's the only girl in a house of three other guys that she grew up with, her brothers, and they all play Mortal Kombat, and so she had that kind of nostalgic kind of yeah, touch yeah. to it. That's dope. And, and when it became that thing, she was, oh, I, that's Scorpion, like, you know, my, I don't know shit about video games. Yeah. Mario, Sonic, right. the, the Flying essential. Fox, <laughs> uh, and yeah. Zelda because of me. Literally, they had no right. idea Zelda when I told her I was getting this, she was like, huh? Um, <laughs> who is she? Who is that bitch? <laughs> um, and then, um, uh, and then you know, and then Mortal Kombat, and you know, she's like, oh, I know, and then yeah. obviously, and it's cool because I, 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 I know Mortal Kombat because of the games that I played, mm-hmm. and I know who Sub Zero is. I know who to, you know, I know who Noob Saibot, which they kind of uh, mm-hmm. alluded to at the end with Sub Zero becoming him at the end, like before he died, he mm-hmm. literally looked like him. So um, stuff like that, and she didn't know any of that, but she knew Sub Zero was. She knew Scorpion when he did the Get Over Here, oh, even yeah. though that man don't speak English, she only spoke Japanese. Mm-hmm. But he said Get Over Here. Wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> um, when he said Get Over Here, I, I I knew he was gonna say it, and when he did it, I was like, All right, fuck yeah, Get Over Here, indeed. 
Um, oh. and, then the, and then we took his mask off and he did the the fire. Oh, that yeah. was dope. That yeah. was cool. I yeah, like that yeah. part. I like that. But anyway, uh, oh, in the sorry, in the blood dagger when Sub Zero. Oh, that was so tight. It was in it was in the trailers. Yep. Yeah. I wish they didn't spoil that because that would have been that extra dope. If that was the first time I saw it in the movie, I'd been like, oh my god, that is so fire. so good. I I really really and, and a lot of the deaths are all the fatalities in the movies and all that. Sub Zero was like Jason in that movie. Wasn't yeah, he? yeah. Like, he's just standing behind a window in the <laughs> shed, like bring. Like, oh, 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 oh my god! But um, so and cool. I like I like how they kind of um, uh, they tease characters. Yeah, Katana, Johnny Cage, Johnny Cage at the end, Noob Saibot yeah. at the end. Which, by the way, I you know what I hope they do? I hope that they kill um, Cole Young like they killed Johnny oh, Cage get in him Annihilation. Out of I look. Break his spine. When they made this game, this movie, they said that they want a new character because they want a new perspective because every uh, game has a new character, and so this movie is going to have a new... I get it. Also, no. <laughs> and, and one more thing I want to talk on. Uh, I want to talk I about. I got one more um, thing, too. Yeah. Liu Kang and Kung Lao are one of my favorite characters in the game. They were absolutely... F- they, were, they were boring as shit. They he, took, people like Kung Lao. I like Kung Lao fighting, but his character, like, I was like, oh, Like, all, all these guys had the semblance of personality. Can't no more than all the rest. But isn't it weird that, that Liu Kang used to be that, that dude? Yeah, the, but I, he was I, the guy. I think they're building him up because he, he, they, they, they casted a younger version. Yeah. And, and, and I think they've got to have some kind of plan and, with and, him. And, and Kung Lao. So, uh, Motive. Spoiler: He he sacrifices himself, yeah. and he's the one kind of like Liu Kang's mentor, mm. and it looks like that's going to be a payoff uh, later. And I think that ultimately Liu Kang is going to be the main. He has to be, um, and he had that moment with Sub Zero, but he didn't really mm-hmm. face him. So I, I I'm really I'm really I'm really expecting more uh, of this. Yeah, and I hope it's I hope it's just as bad slash good. I don't really want him to, to, to do anything like uh, dark and mysterious and in a world type shit. Yeah, I think my last gripe was Shang Tsung. I thought he oh, and Raiden. Under the you. Shang Tsung and, and Raiden, Raiden dynamic was, to me, it was really, really flat. That's those two were almost in a lot of ways, especially in the early goings of the real Mortal Kombat lore. They're like the anchors of, of most of that story. And in, and in the and original movie, Shang Tsung was just like, "I'm gonna kill you, and cheat, and I'm gonna kill all you first. Kill them guys, guys. right now. Yeah, in your face. Yep. But I, I still kill you I, dead. I still, and, I still popped when he said, "Your soul is mine." Ugh, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, you know, uh, will I watch another one? Yeah, I, yeah why not? It, yeah. It's not it's not a like huge investment or anything, but I definitely expected better. Um, this movie did a thing that I didn't know, and, and it did a thing where I didn't know I had so much nostalgia for Mortal Kombat. Oh, I I love Mortal, and Kombat. I know, uh, but I I thought I, mean, I played eleven, mm-hmm. I finished it, you know, and I played pretty much every Mortal Kombat game since it. But it was just kind of like, oh, new Mortal Kombat. I, I know this game. I. I I'm familiar with this game, but I didn't realize that I had so much oh, nostalgia man. when and when they dropped the little the little theme mm-hmm. kind of in its own way. Bing, bing, I was like, yeah. oh shit, you know. But anyway, yeah. man, I used to draw like oh yeah, you were Sub Zero like, on yeah. my notebooks, my Trapper Keeper. Trapper um, Keeper, man, that that was my that was my jam. Yeah, I just didn't realize how how into it I was, and 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 I thought for years that I was a. Um, a Killer Instinct fan over mm-hmm. anything, and when the new Killer Instinct came out, like with the Xbox One and, and all that shit, I was like, just no, mm-hmm. these characters suck. <laughs> They're not as good. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll take some more Sub Zero though. That's for sure. Oh, uh, he but was so but good. but speaking of 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 cold, 
Speaking of, oh. look at this segue, man. Um, our booty juice. Now listen. Normally, Pablo and I will have two different uh, glasses, if you will, mm. of, of the booty juice. But uh, t- today was a day where, um, you know, I-, I came up with my booty juice and Pablo basically said, yeah, I'll have what he's having. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we are actually going to share in the juice uh, with this uh, with this really uh, troubling story that came out um, uh, on, I believe it was uh, April 20th. Of um, of the 2021s, and uh, Pablo, Jeff Kaplan, uh, the guy that basically created um, one of our favorite games of all time, mm-hmm. of Overwatch, um, in charge of Overwatch 2, uh, went ahead and 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 put in his two weeks, and, and the man's gone. Um, now, to to most people, this is just another story. Someone leaves a company. Oh shit. That sucks. It, I think there's there's a little bit more going on here, and I think there's enough to go um, into booty juice territory, if you ask me. So, um, Pablo, when you found out about the news, what what in the square footage of fuck went through your mind well, when this uh, when this came your way? I was leaving work and it was rainy, like a lot that day, uh-huh. and I just went into the middle and I went no. <laughs> it, it really was raining. It was like coming down. You wrote me, you texted me that, and I didn't, and I had not seen it yet. And I oh, was that's like, right, yeah, yeah, you, you're that. the one that broke it to me. And I saw it, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Is he leaving after he releases Overwatch too? Like, Overwatch for us was like kind of like, oh shit, like this is. How do we? Okay. How do we equate this to another like departure to give people perspective? Like, is this like if Hideo Kojima was about to make Halo uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid Six, and right before yeah. it comes out, he's like, "Peace, I'm leaving." Yeah, somebody yeah. else has got this now, and you're like, yeah. "Wait, wait, you're no. you're you're the you're the Metal Gear guy." And I will like, say that because yeah, Kojima was a very specific art- artiste, and and his mo- games are very specific. I don't think that uh, uh, Kaplan's personality is in Overwatch, but no, but no. it's the it's what he means to that franchise. And we might be overselling it with the Kojima thing, but maybe I, like I, Shinji Mikami Resident Evil. Right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. That. But I still think we might be overselling uh, it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. However, yeah. however, I think it's a new, it's a, it's a very new game, and I feel like yeah, yeah, for us, one and one. It was one and one. Kaplan was the face of the fr- franchise. Always yeah. talked about it, and the thing that really got to us, and I think it's like. It was like, all right, something really is up. Is when they talked about it in BlitzCon, and they were like, and Overwatch 2 is coming out in 2022. And we're like, wait, this game was almost supposed to come out in yeah. 2020. Yeah. So how the hell did it get a two-year delay, and people have been anticipated, and they slowed down content for Overwatch, yep. people thinking leading up to the release of Overwatch 2. Yep. What is happening? And that with yeah. everything happening in Blizzard to begin with, what... I, I I almost think that Overwatch Two would have been almost a slam dunk, maybe not for us. Maybe we, we would want more, but in terms of like the the the, the crowd and, and the people who are into this, uh, yeah. Um, but they're having issues. Yeah, um, you know when they showed Overwatch Two at BlizzCon and you saw that they were still, as they were describing in so many words, experimenting. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of things they were still testing and trying out, and they were very like transparent about that. But and and most of what they showed, granted, was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that looks cool. Oh, yeah. I'm glad they're doing that. Oh, that looks really neat. But at the same time, it was like, but 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 why is this taking 
so long? Yeah. Like, what's going on here? And so one of the things that I told Pablo off the bat was I'm like, I'm wondering if this is almost like Hideo Kojima and Metal Gear Solid Five, where maybe Blizzard and Activision are like, yo, we need to get this game out. Like, oh, what's the problem? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is the issue here? Why are we still experimenting yeah. with things? And Jeff Kaplan, being the perfectionist that he is, wants to balance things out, wants to make sure he got, he's got everything just right. To, you know, before it goes out, I want this to be super tuned because we have one first impression, one only. Let's let's nail it. And Activision's like, yo, we could be making money, monetizing, blah, 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 because that's very Activision. There's just no way so, Kaplan leaves yeah. if the game is going exactly like he wanted it to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he mu- there must have been some kind of push-pull. Yeah. And I I think the pressure probably got to a point where he if I'm and this is this is me totally predicting this out of nowhere maybe there's like a Jason Schreier story that's gonna hit that's gonna I I would I'd be shocked if he doesn't cover this right Um, but it just sounds like there was some kind of internal fight about getting this game out in a reasonable time frame that Activision wanted when they and when they talked about Overwatch 2 the way they talked about it was yeah there was a two behind it um, but they didn't really say this is gonna change the way you play Overwatch. It was kind of remodeled faces, reworked uh, character builds, and they've already yeah. kind of implemented a lot of that uh, when they showed it with how Reinhardt is going to be plays completely different. Right, yeah. right. So it was uh, a logical next step. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, I, maybe Kaplan wanted to take it further, right? Yeah. Really make it a Overwatch 2, and Blizzard just kind of wanted to cash in. Um, which is probably the case. Um, sure, yeah. Because, I mean, it, it is their moneymaker. Uh, exactly. They have, they have what, uh, Diablo 4, it's coming out next year. Like, it's not really a, a, a game that is lends itself to the kind of, the same kind of monetization that, that uh, Overwatch does, even though they, ha- they do have, like, that whole mm-hmm. store stuff, storefront stuff. But yeah, anyway, yeah. I, I, I just think that, I, I, I agree with you th- that this is booty juice because of the simple fact of how Blizzard is operating right now. Oh, yeah. And, and how... What did they do to lose Jeff Kaplan? Who is, you know, it's synonymous with Overwatch. It just is. Man, I I don't know what happened. I I you know one of the notes that I had here is, is this being is this Activision being Activision? And I I would say that ever since Blizzard got acquired by Activision, it has been a pretty, for the most part, it's been a pretty rickety run for Blizzard afterwards, and a lot of like the old guard. Has started to leave, and I, you know, granted, I, Blizzard's mostly a has always been mostly PC centric. Yep. So I was never really a big, you know, follower of their work up until they got into the Overwatch space yeah. with consoles. And then I'm like, oh, you know, Blizzard really is that that those those people. So I'm like, okay, Diablo got caught up on Diablo again after you know being away for it for years. Um, and I'm like, man, but something just seems off yeah. about the way they're doing business right now. You know, then the whole Diablo Immortals thing, uh, uh, the mobile game, which blew up in their faces. Um, you know, things like that just show that Activision is, and, and we kind of saw this same thing with Bungie, if you remember. Like, they couldn't wait to get the fuck away from Activision. Like, do what you want with that. Like, we're <laughs> leaving. And I, that's not a coincidence. So, really, in a sense, I think the, the if I'm awarding the booty juice to anyone in this whole situation, it's I think it's Activision because they have proven time and time again that when um, when when they buy you, 
they bring you down. Absolutely. Um, they will milk you for whatever you're worth. They will, you know, and if you don't play by their rules, you're done. it doesn't matter who you are. You can, Congratulations for making Overwatch. We can make somebody go make Overwatch 2 in your stead. It's, yeah. it's totally fine. Like, they don't care. There's no, no loyalty in that. And not only that, though, if, let's say I'm Jeff Kaplan and I am uh, creatively drained and I did everything that I could because that's kind of what Blizzard is kind of implement, uh, kind of like insinuating that. No, the game is in a great shape. It is coming along fine. Mm-hmm. And like Jeff did what he had to do to make that happen. But if I am just taxed, like I am done with Overwatch World, I just want something new and I'm going to leave the company, I'm going to release a statement where I am going to talk about how Overwatch 2 is coming out great. The guys are doing amazing. You guys need to play that game. It's You're, just time for It's in for good me. hands, yeah. I don't, think, I don't think in the statement he mentions that at all. Oh, I, yeah. I, he, he says, uh, I'm leaving Blizzard, and to quote the thing, I'm leaving Blizzard Entertainment after 19 amazing years. It was truly the honor of a lifetime to, ha- to have the opportunity to create world heroes for such a passionate audience. I want to express my deep appreciation to everyone at Blizzard who support our games, our game team, and our players. But I want to say a special thanks to the wonderful game developers that shared in the journey of creation with me. Never accept the world as it appears to be. Always dare to see it for what it could be. I hope you do the same. GG, Jeff Ka- uh, Jeffrey Kaplan. Um, Thank you, developers. I'm the director of a game and I'm leaving, <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you to go play that game or how great the game is coming along. Mm. Like I've seen, I've seen directors and writers leave, right? Like it's it actually happened in Halo, in Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. Uh, some creative directors left, some writers left, and they literally said, "Hey, the game is fine. We they did what we, the baton we in did a what we needed way. to do. Yeah. The game is is good, and it just this is just the next logical exactly. step in development." That's not what's, ha- what's happening nope. here. Right? And Blizzard could easily be like, "All right, you're leaving. Good terms. Let's go ahead and and, and have a kind of uh, of discussion online about how the game is coming along great, and there's no problem. Nobody needs to panic." All Blizzard did was like, "Hey, hey, man, the game is it's fine. It's fine." Yeah, like in in it's o- good. in, in no problem. <laughs> Blizzard's statement couldn't have been more sterile if they tried. Yeah. I mean, it's literally starts off. We wanted to let you know that Jeff Kaplan's decided to leave the company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, here's Aaron Keller. Um, he's been a critical part of the Overwatch team uh, and a key driver in creating the vision for the game. Oh, but the fuck though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can we can we go back so, to the Kaplan thing? Yeah. How about how about Cappy Cap leaving? Yeah. Um, so look, listen. I I think first of all, I think Sony and Microsoft would be foolish. To not say, hey, yo, Jeff. Hey, yo. You want a studio? We got you. We'll fund the shit out of you. If you can make us something like that, take all the time you need, exclusive to us, we got you. I would love to see that. Um, That would be fire because I don't want to see, I I don't want to, to not play another game from Jeff Kaplan again. I want to see more of his work, but only if that's what he wants to do. Right, right. If he doesn't want a part of that, if he wants to just kind of take a year off, take two years off, do his thing, live your life, man. You made one of the greatest games that yeah. you can find in multiplayer. Listen, we're as gamers, and a lot of people as 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 um as fans of as fans of things, uh, when their favorite uh, author or their favorite director or writer makes something, mm-hmm. they're automatically almost inclined to love the thing, right? So, for example, when Kojima made Death Stranding, the, conceptually, that game was weird as fuck, but it was like, yeah, of course, it's 
fucking Kojima. Now, I played it. I liked it. Marco didn't like it. Did I like it because it's a Kojima game? Probably. Yeah, you did. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, because a lot of the stuff I was waiting for the Kojima stuff, and it happens. Uh-huh. And, oh, oh, it happens. And and, and if somebody else would have made this, I probably would have been like, nah, I don't think this is very good. Mm. But, I, but what I'm saying by that is Xbox, all needs to do is pay Jeff Kaplan some money if he wants to do it. And his name alone will make will carry this whatever game, and I'm sure it'll be good because it's Jeff Kaplan. Mm-hmm. So I, I I really want Jeff Kaplan to to uh, to keep making games. Keep going, man. To, but yeah, in uh, better form too. If he was going through that kind of bullshit, listen, you know, there's nothing. You know, we talk a lot about what we want as gamers. Of course, we want Jeff Kaplan to stay and make Overwatch too. But in the end, like. It serves him no purpose as a human being to be put through conditions like that. So, listen, more power to him. Take a break, do what you got to do, but come back strong and please make more games because uh, but, but we want you, man. Because, I mean, look, and, and I kind of just, it's just still baffling to me because they just made the guy who designed and directed um, World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. who designed. All the great DLCs for it that people kind of love, like what was the the Wrath of the Lich King was the big one, right? Yeah. Uh, and you know, like I, and over this guy just hitting home runs left and right for them. And I, 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 it's yeah, I'm trying not to go on a, on another rant because I've been like on a three episode streak. But man, if I could talk to publishers, y'all gotta chill, man. You guys gotta stop running people out because listen, I get I get that sometimes. Things don't come out as soon as you want. You want games out by a certain quarter. You got to meet numbers. You got to get you know all your metrics together. Blah blah blah. That's great, but you've got to let development breathe. You got to let people make the games that that last. If you want a, a game like Overwatch Two, is ideally built to last just as long, if not longer, than the original. Yep. Right. So if you want a game with that much staying power, that's going to be um, able to be monetized, right? Because that's what you really care about. Let's be real. If you want that, then you have to make you have to give them the breathing room it takes to make a game that people want to come back to over and over again, like they did with the first game. If you're trying to microwave yourself in Overwatch Two, you're going to have problems because people are not going to they're going to be way more critical, and you're going to go on another fucking apology tour like yep. so many other developers have to do now because they have to take the heat for the publisher pressure that they get to hit this uh, get this game done by a certain time and in the end it's just going to bite you in the ass because people like that the Jeff Kaplan's of the world are going to dip they're going to go make their own studios they're going to go make their own money and they're going to make a better game than you probably um, are making without them so ultimately you guys have to get your shit together because it's just going to shoot you in the foot in the long run yeah seriously absolutely so but I'm going to stop there, and uh, we will uh, go ahead and get into our checkpoint chat. All right, and so for our checkpoint chat, uh, we decided to kind of do something a little bit different. Instead of doing uh, traditional uh, top 10 or top something video games of all time, uh, according to us, we decided to go a little bit deeper and do um, the top five games that define us as gamers, as people, uh, or as prima donnas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never know, one of the three. Um, also, you know, thinking about our lists, um, what became clear to both of us, and you'll kind of feel this as, as you listen to some of the games we, we shout out here, is that sometimes it's not the best games in the world that define us the most. Sometimes it's games that just happen to you know be at the right place, the right time, uh, influence us, inspire us, 
or expose us to what video games can be. So a lot of what you're going to hear are games you're like, really? That's that's a game that defines you. But 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 let us land. We're, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna take you there. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what we're gonna start off with doing is um, we're gonna go through. As usual, some honorable mentions, some games that were really defining for us but weren't quite in that top five bracket. Uh, so we're going to rattle those off for you. And then we're going to go round robin, yeah. five through one, of uh, the games that define us the most. Um, so we're really excited about this one. And, and Pablo, I think uh, let's turn this over to you. Okay. And let's hear what your honorable mentions are for games that define you. Sure. And before I do that, one, I have one question for you. We have five games here. Out of the five games that you have, are any of those five games in your actual top five all time? Top five? All time. Uh, two of them. Okay. Yeah, I have one in mind. Yeah. So I just wanted to give him, give him an idea perspective, of... perspective, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like this isn't... This doesn't mean that the same thing. Right. And, and, we'll, and we'll get to that. But so my honorable mentions are... One, this first game that I'm going to bring up is in terms of people who like this game... This is a sacrilegious pick because this is the one that people hated the most. And that's uh, Escape from Monkey Island, which is the fourth Monkey Island game that came out. And it was uh, the first kind of fully 3D uh, game. And this game, uh, the reason it's on there is because I never really gave too much thought into these kind of games. And I never to that point had experienced a funny game, a, a legit comedy game. Mm. And this game is absolutely hilarious. And it introduced me into the point-and-click genre in a way that I didn't know that I that I liked. And it, it is and it is a good experience in that way. And I've since then have gone back to the old Monkey Island games, guys. Relax. Yes, those games are better. But this is the one that kind of got me into that. And, and that, that's why I skated for Monkey Island. I've never played any of them. Yeah, I don't know if you'd like them. Yeah, um, probably not now. Hey, yeah. You just want me to go through all of my... Uh, yeah, run yeah. through, run and through. The, uh, another one on here is Mass Effect. Uh, Mass Effect just, of course, Mass Effect 2 being one of my favorite mm. games of all time. But Mass Effect is really what got me into the genre. Not just into Mass Effect, the series, but really into that kind of... Um, Western RPGs? Not, not Western RPGs, but kind of like the... Because remember, Mass Effect 1 was very RPG-like. Yeah, yeah. And so it introduced me into uh, the that portion of it and a story, like, and, and consequences and, and oh, how yeah, you... Yeah. What you do in that world actually re- uh, reverberates throughout your playing experience and I've had never experienced something like that and now every time I play a western RPG this is that game set that expectation yeah that's not what I want when a game doesn't do that there's disappointment in there yeah I feel that Uh, okay the next one after that is WWF No Mercy Uh, Fairweather Wrestling fan until this game came out when this game came out I was all in uh, even though I watch pretty much Raw every night did I get you into wrestling I I always wondered that did I was um, it me or was it were you already interested? I, 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 you got me into it more. I was already kind oh, okay. of interested in the fact, in the way that my dad always had to pretend that he hated it because my mom was like, it's too violent. And so when oh. mom wasn't around, he would put it on. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I got way more into it with you uh, for sure. Um, and then, um, and this game really got me into that. But really, mm. it, it is the best wrestling game of all time. I, oh, I hands down! It, it's so good. Hands the, down, man. The create the, the the creative character. You can uh, create anybody. It was incredible. I had a friend who, uh, who I played this with, and he was just truly gifted in, in this. He would he created Rob Van Dam, and for the longest I thought, oh yeah, yeah, dude. I thought Rob Van Dam was in the game, and then when I went, when I Bro. finally got my copy, I'm like, where Rob Van Dam? <laughs> <laughs> Damn! Hey, Gina. 
Hey, no, 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 uh, damn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump real, real yeah, quick in here because it is on my honorable mentions oh, as well. Okay, I might yeah, as well yeah. just cover it now. Um, man, the customization, um, the, the the way that the, the, the art of wrestling was yeah. captured, that's the most important thing there. Um, the way that matches had the ebb and flow to them, the, the difficulty, the, the near falls were just yeah. perfect. I mean, you were really on the edge of your seat in that game. And nothing since then... Uh, has has touched it. It's all become spectacle and yeah. uh, you know a lot of you know really dumb improvements over time, especially with the WWE 2K series. But yeah. man, No Mercy was was cream of the crop. What's funny about that is the new WWE games captures WWE. In oh, their, it's it's perfect. In the, yeah, actually perfect. It does, and, and it's funny <laughs> because you know uh, uh, Fire Pro Wrestling was it uh, World mm-hmm. uh, that yeah. is in, in that is a little bit more like what No Mercy was. Um, even a little bit, even, over, even a little bit before that, like it's kind of like very flat two D kind of space. Yep. But um, yeah, No Mercy was was man, it was it was, it's and then we special. had so I had just moved away at that point, mm-hmm. uh, just a couple years after that, I moved away, and I just started making friends again in my neighborhood, and we used to go in the garage, bring the TV out, put the Nintendo sixty four in there, and just sweat our balls off <laughs> while playing. This yep. guy who, and by the way, he played uh, Robin M. Keith Irvine's ass, and now we know why he created Robin M. Uh, anyway, but really, I, this is really just. Uh, Do you remember the menu music? I don't. Dig, dig, diggity, dig, diggity dog. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? It's what and they then you had, fit. like, mankind in the background going, Socko. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What? what? It's because it's uh, what they can fit in, in, in yeah. the damn uh, processing chip. In there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Okay, keep going. Then, sorry, uh, I didn't need to no, no, sorry. Then after that, um, it is uh, Sockum, Sockum, holy <laughs> shit. Sockum Bobble. Yeah, Rockum, Sockum Robots. Uh, Sockum Rockum. No, it's because Duck is Sockum. Anyway, it's a uh, SOCOM Fireteam Bravo for PSP. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was into multiplayer games, I guess. Halo was already out by then. Due to, and I was into them for sure. But I had a friend. He, he listens to the show. His name is Jan. And What's we, up, Jan? And we both played, uh, we both bought a PSP. At the same time, we went to, to, to a game to a GameStop. Uh, we worked at the same place together, and we knew it came out. We saved our money. We went out there. We bought a PSP, uh, and you know we enjoyed our time with PSP. We, we played uh, we played the online version of um, Liberty City Stories. Mm. That's a, but when so- when when Socom came out, uh, Fire t- uh, Fire uh, Fire Team Bravo one and two, uh, we just I mean hours. He would go home, I'd go home, and we would just play that game hours and hours. And it is the first time that I can really tell you, when I think about playing a game online that is resembles that of a Call of Duty type right, game, mm-hmm. right? That kind of team deathmatch or, or, or capture flag. That's my first, that's not Call of Duty. My first thought of an experience is that game. And it is the PSP version, which I know is 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 not the the, the quintessential right, uh, uh, right. SOCOM, but it, that's the one that's always gets and and comes to my head. And I kind of text him about it. I'm like, hey, remember? And he the same way. It's like it is probably our favorite online. Like when we think about online shooters, that's the game we go to. And it didn't make my top. It almost did because that really changed the way I play games going forward with multiplayer. But the other games on my list pretty are, are you know pretty much shape me into the kind of gamer that I am. So, but yeah. that's SoCon Fire Team Bravo. Then uh, Final Fantasy X is the first Final Fantasy that I can say that I got all the way into it, JRPG style uh, uh, RPG. And I, I, I played seven. I, I, I didn't. I beat seven after I beat ten. Um, mm. I never played eight till after I beat ten. And nine, I never. You know, so it was it was kind of my entry point. And I played again. I played with you uh, yeah. often. Uh, I played 
this will come up later, but um, I it's a game that seven is a game that I very had, had a lot of exposure to, and then when ten comes out, I gave it a chance, and it really just kind of like it, 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 for me if. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's the game that took Final Fantasy graphically and to that next level. Yeah, it was a. Yeah. It was the first PS2 game for Final yeah. Fantasy. That yeah. it kind of took it to that next level where there was a lot of things going on. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, and then the story was really good. Uh, that and, was the and, year of dreams, man. Yeah. 2001 was Final Fantasy X, Devil May Cry, Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, it was nuts. And I and, and I was like, man, this. I've been missing out on, and, and yeah, it was really kind of... It was of, special. Yeah, it's the reason why I still play JRPGs, and I'm still always interested in the next Final Fantasy game. Like, I love Final Fantasy XV, and I know it's not the greatest Final Fantasy XV, but the reason I play all the Final Fantasy games is because I love, um, you know, uh, Final Fantasy X is my entry point to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last one, it's kind of... I do this one in there because going forward, every Western RPG I play, like Mass Effect before it, or after it, yeah, a massive effect before it. Every game, if it's not Witcher three, if it's not at that level, it's a disappointment. And mm. I, that could be said by Cyberpunk that just came that had just that just came out, didn't even touch his fucking toes. <laughs> um, and that's gonna be a problem because uh, Dragon Age is coming. Um, these, these Western RPGs are, are are down the pike. I mean, Xbox is Xbox is about to be the home of JRP, uh, of of, uh, of Western RPGs again. Yep. And they have to, in order for those games to be successful, in order for those studios to be successful, in order for Xbox to be successful with those studios, they have to emulate to a certain extent what Witcher Three did. Yeah, and that's going to be a problem for me going forward. If it's not Witcher Three, yeah, and that's going to be a problem for Witcher Four when that eventually comes out. Of course, yeah. yeah so it's its own gold standard. Yeah, for me, and it's the most recent game on my list because it really, it really has changed the way that I look at at, at Western RPGs. And, and, yeah. and you know what, the ultimate test is going to be. When I play when I play Mass Effect, uh, oh the, the legendary uh, edition, yeah, legendary edition. Mm-hmm. It's like, am I really going to love it as much as I did, especially two? I think you are. After I think so too. After Witcher three, and I, I think I am, but I think this will be a really good test because Cyberpunk failed that test. Oh yeah, yeah. And I have a feeling Dragon Age. I'm a little nervous about Dragon yeah. Age. It's it's I'm I'm kind of tired of seeing concept art. Yeah, it's coming along fine, you know. Like okay, really? bi- but conceptually, you're, but you're also Bioware, and yeah. you guys have not been doing great. Not recently, um, no. So you know, a little worried about you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those, that was a great list of honorable mentions. Um, mine. So one of them was No Mercy, okay. uh, as as we talked about a little while ago. Um, but another wrestling game that was actually the reason why I got into wrestling. Period. Uh, is a game called Saturday Night Slam Masters. And it was a uh, Sega Genesis. I think it was also on Super Nintendo. Did I play that with you? No, I don't think so. No. This was before we knew each other. Um, I rented it at, at, a, at a Video King, uh, just on a whim, because it looked like Video a weird King. it looked like a weird boxing game. Because I, I didn't know what wrestling was. It just looked like, okay, here's a boxing ring, but here's some weird people that don't look like boxers. What are they what is this? Uh, and so I play it and I realize that it's Oh, this is something called wrestling. What is wrestling? And I'm like, okay, you know, oh, this dude has a mask on. It's like a luchador. Uh, I'm like, what is this guy? This guy's coming in and he's got like a huge mask and um, with hair attached to it. He's like a like a samurai looking dude. Yeah. Uh, it it was the game was supposed to be like a Street Fighter clone, but a but in the wrestling realm. 
Um, but it was so awesome because at the time I'm like, there's a crowd, they're all losing their minds when this person, like they have entrances. What is, why are they, why are they showing their entrances <laughs> with music? Like those strobe lights are going and stuff. I'm like, oh, this is really fucking cool. So it wasn't a good game at all, but it was one of those games that really like blew the door open for me with re- with what wrestling was. And I, I fell in love with the spectacle of wrestling as a result of it. Why, why are you laughing? Why are you kiki right I'm now? I'm laughing because I, I was talking. Sorry to interrupt you. I was <laughs> I was thinking about the games that I played, like SOCOM that I played with Jan, and how that was very much, uh, you know, changed the way I look at it. There's another game that I, I didn't mention, and it's a game that still influences today because we still do it together. It's uh, uh, Bonanza Brothers. <laughs> oh, Bonanza Brothers. Wow. I, we should have had that on our list. And I tell you why. Because even... But Answer Brothers is a Sega Genesis game that me and Marco played the shit out of all the time, and it is 2021, and we just got done playing It Takes Two. Yep. We're playing Hive Busters. That's, that's that, actually really... That's a game that is yeah. still kind of in our... Like, and, and for all intents and purposes, I, everything that I've seen since then, that game is not good, apparently. It is not a game that people think about as a no, good game. But to us, uh, it was like, well, we could play co-op, yeah. and we're, we're like... You're basically two two bank robbers that have yeah, to go yeah, in yeah. and work together. I play the little to, fat guy, you play the tall... Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, the, but oh and, man, that was such a good a good time. And because we were dumb kids, because we also had access to Marco. You had a Golden Axe, sure did. We oh, played yeah. the shit out of that. But we we I think we like Bonanza Brothers better. We did, which is I, I dumb because Golden Axe since then I've, I I is <laughs> such a fucking great game. Oh man, yeah. anyway, I can't sorry, believe I forgot sorry, that. Sorry, no, sorry, you're yeah. good. You're good. Um, so the rest of my uh, honorable mentions, I also have uh, speaking of Mortal Kombat, I have Mortal Kombat trilogy. Uh, which is uh, an oft-forgotten version of Mortal Kombat 3 that was basically, yeah. if I could equate it to anything, it, for its time, it was it was back then what Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is now, where it had everybody. Um, and not only everybody, but it was also bringing over uh, the original Mortal Kombat's versions of, of, of returning characters, too, so you can swap out, do I want to look like old Kano, new Kano, old Sub-Zero, new Sub-Zero. So it had everybody. It was actually the game that made me want to get um, a PlayStation. So I would be like obsessed. That's when I started like doodling the characters on my notebook. Um, that was the game that really drew me back into gaming after kind of a little bit of a break uh, in between my like Sega Genesis years and my eventual PlayStation years. That was the game that brought me back into the mix again. So, so to your point earlier, like you didn't realize how much of, of an impact Mortal Kombat had on you. It was extremely influential for me, and uh, I'm, I'm uh, to this day I always look back at that game and remember like Rain and, and Ermac and Reptile and Smoke and New Cybot and Sector and all those like you know great characters. Um, and I, I love it to death. And yeah. I, I actually would love to play it again just for shits and giggles. Um, I have Final Fantasy VIII as another uh, honorable mention. And um, when, I, when I was talking to Pablo about my list, he was kind of surprised that 7 uh, wasn't in my honorable mentions because I love 7 so much. It's one of my top five games of all time. Um, but for me, 8 was more influential than 7 uh, as far as defining because of the way that it, it took the series to a, to a next level in terms of storytelling, in terms of visuals. Um, Is that the one with Squall? Squall, yeah. my boy Squall, which, you know, not everybody likes that the Final Fantasy VIII because they thought he was too whiny and emo and whatever. I don't like his name. I thought he was the shit. Gunblade, bruh? Yeah, this dude has that. got a gunblade. I don't care what his emotional issues are. This motherfucker's got a gunblade. And Squall. a cool scar. And a, and a fur coat with feathers. Come on. like That, that cover art. 
man. And then the beginning of that, it's icon. Like now, like the the like the song in the beginning. Don't like, do this to me because I'm about to go play Final Fantasy VIII. Let me just give you. A, that's not like Paul Barrett right now, but it's it's fine. Um, I, I gotta go. <laughs> um, but man, uh, but what did it for me with, before I move on to the next game is it just uh, it, it really gave a little bit more depth to characters. In Final Fantasy VII, you had you know the brutish guy, you had the the, the quiet uh, you know angsty guy with Cloud, you had you know the cutesy you know Aerith and stuff like that. With with Eight, you had a, a bit more of a unique cast of characters that had, you know, a, a different type of depth to them than I was used to seeing from uh, really any game. So, and the fact that they were high schoolers, it felt a little bit more relatable to me. It was a school setting. It was like, oh, I can kind of connect with this a little bit. And that triple triad game, like, mm. that was one of the first instances of a, of a thing in a game that yeah. really addicted me to the point where I was looking through strategy guides. How do I get this rare card? How do I, you know... Um, so it, it did that for me, it was, and it, it really gave me that uh, that addiction um, to not only RPGs but those little mini games that are in uh, a lot of RPGs uh, to that to that type. Uh, Silent Hill Three, um, my favorite of the series, uh, hands down. Most people love two. I think three is better. Um, that was uh, a, a defining. I like game Silent for Hill me. Zero because he doesn't like Silent. Okay, <laughs> that was funny. Uh, <laughs> Silent Hill 3, man, in terms of um, atmosphere, in terms of uh, soundtrack, yeah. in terms of voice acting, in terms of just an unset, like, that game was so good at w- what it was trying to do that I dreaded playing the game. I, 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 I loved it so much, but I did not want to play it. I had Design. to be in a certain headspace, and it wasn't that it was a, uh, you know, a jump scare kind of game. It was just so unsettling with the visuals. And, and the sounds you hear, the creaking in the background, all that stuff was so immersive. And I think that very few games, especially in the horror genre, um, have really ever come close to that, to me, a perfect storm. Right. Um, so that was a huge one for me. NBA Live 95. Um, my God. Uh, th- this was the game that my dad is, it, you know, what my ass in. So I, it's a little bit of a bittersweet thing for me. Um, <laughs> but other than Dennis Scott. This game was broken. Um, this Bo was Bo Jackson of, of, of oh, oh man, Dennis. Listen, I'm talking. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go find in the Dennis. corner. It was it was just it was ridiculous. It was uh it, yeah. I I'm I it was green. I don't know anybody green. who's ever missed Dennis Scott the corner three. <laughs> um man, this uh you know as as a big basketball fan growing up, um this was a, a time where I was really discovering that I loved playing basketball, that I was into it. I was in YMCA. I was in youth leagues and stuff like that. Um, and I was crossing people up left and right when, you know, when they pulled me off the bench and let me play for the last minute of the game. But, you know, what I could, but, I, but I could, I could, I can exercise all my, my basketball stardom in this game. And I loved it. Um, I was addicted to it. I loved um, keeping up with all the trades because I have to do it manually. Yeah, remember yep. this. You know, it's not like auto updated rosters. So I'm doing all the trades yep. that are happening in real time. I'm creating like the new draft class of Kobe Bryant when he got drafted. Oh, so and we stuff. do a lot. I yeah, was doing yeah. all the things. So it was. So you're one like of those... uh, you're the you, you're like that with the that like I was with uh, baseball games. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But so you got you got me into basketball. I remember. Uh, I remember. I can't remember even if I played basketball before I even knew you. Mm-hmm. Like I, it just. Uh, you got me to basketball. That was one neighborhood kid that I betted a dollar to play. Do you remember that? <laughs> this dude came over and tried to bet us a dollar to play basketball. 
He lost, and then he tried to plead for his dollar back by saying, <laughs> well, it's, his like, "It's his dad's birthday gift." Money. <laughs> that's all NBA. That's all influence right. We were in a that. weird place when we were yeah, growing yeah. up, man. But um, yeah, I, I have a lot of memories of that game. And the last one for me was Wipeout XL, which is um, yeah. for those of you that don't know what that series is. It's basically uh, a futuristic version of Mario Kart. Uh, yeah. It is a is a comba- uh, car combat um, experience. It's better than F Zero. Relax, just get over it. I already did. Um, Nobody wants that F Zero. You guys are lying. Nobody you're just wants saying F-Zero. things. Just it's saying. okay to say things, but you you don't really care about F Zero like that. Um, but Wipeout XL was one of the fir- really Wipeout in general was one of the first games I played on PlayStation uh, back in my sound advice. Oh my God, what is this thing over here? Uh, days. Um, I think I talked about in uh, I think our first episode. Um, played it, loved it. Um, it. I loved the futuristic setting. The music was amazing. Uh, it looked like the world was fleshed out, but it didn't explain anything to you. Uh, it was like branding and billboards and stuff for, for obscure ads that you. It, it was just a believable yeah. world within uh, a, a really fun car combat game, a futuristic like hovercraft kind of game actually. Um, but man, it's a whole vibe. It, it was a bestseller. It's one of the highest rated video games of all time. It was so good. it's not just some back pocket niche ass game I'm pulling out of my ass. It it's it, go on Metacritic, you'll yeah. find them. Um, I wish this series comes back for PlayStation, but it probably won't because it's not it's not marketable didn't they, enough. Didn't now. they release a remake or they something? They did. A couple of years it, was, ago? it was like a HD version of a remake from PS3, and it, it, it was it was a whole I, it was fine, but it wasn't a new game. I really think that with the success of of, of like uh, Mario Kart, and even when they re released uh, Nitro Fuel, the ben, the Crash Bandicoot uh, the kart racer, mm-hmm. just like two years ago. That Wipeout is is Wipeout is legit good, and it is like oh, it's really good. and it's like it, it, like you said, it's a vibe. There's a story. There's something happening in that world. Like right, it's kind of like um, uh, what's that game with the soccer and the cars? Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, Rocket League. Rocket League. When shit is happening outside, you're like, yeah, what yeah, kind yeah. of dystopian ass? Fe- That's kind of what yep. Wipeout. It didn't tell you yep. what it was, but it, it was. I mean, it was well thought out. Yeah, I I, I missed that series to death. Yeah. Um, but those are my honorable mentions, dude. So um, I think it's time to get into the top five. Yeah. Um, so why don't you? <laughs> I'm I'm actually looking forward to hearing you talk about this one. Um, well, so what's your what do you, what do you want to start with? All right, so we're gonna go into my number five here, and I don't think this is. A cheat because this is a thing that did you have you had this too oh I had it yeah oh yeah this is a thing that everybody had and for many people this was kind of like the like I this is a thing that people own for a long time played for a long time like you know you 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 play a demo today mm-hmm. and it's like all right I'm gonna buy the full game we didn't have that luxury it was like nope. this is I'm playing the shit out so what I'm talking about here. Is PlayStation Underground Jam Pack Winter '98? Now let me <laughs> let me run down here the games that was the demos that were available on this disc: Spiral the Dragon, uh. Medieval, uh. Metal Gear Solid, Ooh, Ooh. A Bug's Life, Cool Borders Three. Uh, that's actually pretty good. NHL Face Off, Oh, NFL Game Day '99, Rally Cross Two, Tomb Raider Three, Three, and uh, Small Soldiers. This many. I'm holding up three fingers. This many? Threes? Yeah. This is also known as the uh, Rooms to Go special. Um, this <laughs> yeah. disc was spinning at every Rooms oh to Go. Oh, my God. And for whatever reason. And sound advice. Yeah, yeah. And for whatever reason, my mom in those years was obsessed with Rooms to the Go. We were there all the time. My mm-hmm. ass was sitting in front of the thing like I was at home. And I was just playing. <laughs> 
I shit, my mom might have just said that and just dropped my ass off there. I don't even know. She left. She left. She's like, I'm gonna go do my things. I'll be back. But anyway, <laughs> uh, and the game, the standouts here were were for me uh, was Metal Gear Solid, and and Metal Gear Solid was on my list. The demo was on my disc, and I'm like, and then I remember what was it that I was? It was, and I looked, and it was Spire of the Dragon. These are my standouts: Spire of the Dragons, Medieval, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Metal Gear Solid. Uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid and Tomb Raider 3. Those were the ones that I played a lot of. And I had never really, not actually, I never, I watched Marco play Metal Gear Solid, never really experienced it for myself. When I finally did, that was really a, a moment where I kind of was introduced to Hideo Kojima and, and, and just the fucking wackiness. Uh, how ridiculous a game could be, but yet still be like a very good game like it's just like one of those things where like this story is just what the hell is going on the dark mm-hmm. chief has a heart attack he's meryl yeah. and fucking the, the the sniper wolf all these uh uh bosses I'm like what is what is this game mm-hmm. what is this game and it was and i i had no context there, there was no internet i had no context for what this game was <laughs> so playing through this uh really kind of just it, it this demo changed this demo solidified my love for video games because it is the thing that I played the most in those mm-hmm. times. It was the thing that I, 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 I conflated Spire of the Dragon. I, I thought I played those games. I, I played all. No, I played the demo of yeah. those games. Okay, <laughs> I played the demo. Tomb Raider three. I never played Tomb Raider three. I played the demo of Tomb Raider three. That's the only Tomb Raider. Any time I played Tomb Raider three was on the demo. And really, the, these games still stick with me. Like when I think about that, I, I think about. All the moments in, 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 in Shadow Moses going in and mm-hmm. all that. That's all from the demo. You yeah. know? I eventually played the game, obviously, beat it and all that. Yeah, but yeah. still, the moment when I, when I when they say Metal Gear Solid, I think about swimming up into that first level and hiding, getting the call, and you know that game starting right there and taking yep. out the, the guards in the white suits. That's when it all started for me. And that's kind of like Yeah, for to this day. I, I love Death Stranding. Okay, I'm the I'm that guy, so that really cha- kind of changed, uh, changed like it really solidified because there are games mm-hmm. that definitely came out that were like that. I, I now I love oh, this genre, course. but this really solidified myself as a gamer and yeah. what exactly it meant to be uh, a fan of all these genres and all these other games. And, and it was I, I love the shit. Out what of a collection of games too, yeah. memorable stuff. It's like a little little, little like Chex Mix yeah. bag, a little, little of everything in there with you know the occasional uh, you know M&M and it was in a, there too. And it was a throw and It was like yeah. hey, play these. And these games were. Beautiful, man! What a what a what a good thing! What a good time! Um, yeah, that, that that's uh, man. Demo discs were everything back then. Yeah. Man. yeah. Whenever the new uh, like I forgot which I think it was official PlayStation magazine yeah. um, came out, man, it was like, okay, what is going to be on this demo disc? It, it, Legacy of Kane was a demo at yeah. one point. They Yo, got me into Soul Reaver. I love like, Wow, what is this? Yeah. So shouts out to the PlayStation Underground uh, jam packs. Those were amazing. What and then and Tony then they Hawk did was in there. Yeah. But then they did it with, was it Zone of Enders? Or Metal, for Metal Gear 2? I think that was a little later on. Yeah. That's Zone of the Enders came with a demo of Metal Gear Solid 2. That, that, that's what I was like. That's when I think was like, oh, man, because it no longer were the, the, the days yeah. of Underground, uh, days of PlayStation Magazine. It was all uh, that weird, uh, oh, buy Zone of Enders to play the demo. And I did that. <laughs> yeah. Never it, played that it, game, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I think they did something similar with Halo too, didn't they? With multiplayer, or was there some kind of demo thing with that? I don't think so, because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think uh, Xbox ever did any demos. Oh, I maybe. don't know about that. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, but um, that was a yeah, that that's a great pick. Um, a, a different one than I was expecting you to pick, but but it makes perfect sense now that you explained it. Yeah. Uh, for me, my number five, and this is actually the newest. Um, or most recent release out of everything that I talked about so far, and, and we'll talk about. I think that Underground was my. Oh, <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So my my number five no, no, is no. Ocarina. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Um, okay, so my number five is The Walking Dead season one from Telltale Games. Um, oh yeah. I, man. Um, the more I think back about this game, the more I realize how um, defining it was for me. And, and, you know, 2012, I was already a gamer-ass gamer. I was not, you know, I was not a you know, spring chicken. I was not new to the game scene. I I've, I played pretty much everything that has been worthwhile up until that point. But when The Walking Dead came out, um, it was the, the first time I had really ever in a long time at least, been been truly blown away by um, the way the game was structured from a story standpoint and from a choice standpoint. Um, man, the, 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 the sense of urgency, the impactful decisions you had to make, the fact that there was no turning back, there was no, I'll, you could probably cheat and reload if you wanted to, yeah, but, scrub, um, yeah. but that's, that, yeah, that, that's, scrub, that's scrub action right there. Yeah. But, you know, just the, the, the permanent, ramifications of everything you do that might not show up later on in the game but might show up in the like season two season three something you did in the very first season that you have no idea how it's going to affect you um knowing that everything you did was remembered and going to come back one way or another to either help you or haunt you was like wow i can't believe games are doing at the time like doing something this deep bro i can tell you when i was playing that game one time the first time i was playing the the, uh, the first uh Chapter right, episode one. I'm playing, and then I'm I'm kind of like I'm trying to understand what this game is, and then I look at the top right hand corner. It's like, uh, uh, what's your Someone name? will remember yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like, I was like this. I was playing that stop my and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, oh, what? What you mean you could? What you remember that? Nah, nah, don't remember Forget that. About, forget about it. I was like, oh, yeah. That, it, it was just the first time it happened. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, all in. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, absolutely. And and but you know, outside of just how great it handled player choice, I think what really stuck with me as time went on is some of the themes and some of the things that it touched on that were on the more serious side. Which uh, one of the things that I have here is is the responsibility of guardianship. Yep. Uh, you know, as I became a, a parent, you know, years later, um, you know, looking at the Lee and Clementine relationship is a totally different thing to me now than it was back then. Um, realizing that you know Lee took on the responsibility of making sure that this child was set up for success in her future uh, in a very uncertain and broken world, right? Um, thinking about what you want to pass down to your kids, um, how we worry about their future. You know, I remember you know the scene where he um, 
he decided that you know she needs to cut her hair down because he didn't want a walker to grab her by the hair and he was explaining to her uh, the importance of that and and you can see as the the walking dead series from telltale continued how all of those things molded clementine as she got older and she started passing down information to uh the people that she was taking care of so you saw how it all kind of affected one generation to the next and that was really powerful and that really kind of made me think damn you know this game was not just well here's the zombies let's all survive someone's gonna die someone's yeah, gonna yeah. live it, it went beyond that and it, it really touched a, a nerve um, when it comes when it comes to that guardianship dynamic, and then the other thing that it was um, doing that 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 kind of defined my thinking was helping people that don't deserve it. Yeah. Um, there's uh, in the first season there's a there's a certain character who is the father of another character in the game, and he is horrible. Yes. Um, he's they they basically imply that he's racist, right? And <laughs> and you're like, fuck this guy, all the way all the time fuck fuck this guy and you know you're in a position where you know he's horrible to you as your character lee who is a an african-american man and you're like i you know he's he's in trouble what what i fucking hate this guy yeah yeah, yeah. but you're dealing with the the moral dilemma of but but i'm a good person yeah, yeah, yeah. right and i'm above what he's you know, and so you have that that tug of war, and I think that really taps into, you know, a lot of of, uh, you know, not to get too deep with this, but like it just taps into how a lot of people think, you know, in the, in the current day and age where there's so many people on opposite sides of fences now, and you know, yes, we don't yeah. like who you voted for, but if you're, you know, stuck in a, under a car, are we gonna try to help you, or are we gonna yeah, stop yeah. and ask you? Right. Who did you vote for? You know, like Before we're not. Before I lift the thumb, did you vote for Trump? <laughs> did you? Where's your MAGA hat at? <laughs> is it under the car too? Where is it? Fuck that jaws of life. No, like we're not gonna do like. So it, it was one of those games that that you know really kind of made me stop and think. Like, what would I do if I was in a situation like that? And I think that that kind of stuff is kind of defining. So, um, in a surprisingly deep way. Uh, a game that was just about zombies and survival turned into something that was really kind of um, teachable moments uh, yeah. about how to deal with people and what to pass down to, to your youngins. And it really it shows that creativity can come from any kind of thing because, you know, Telltale was definitely limited as to what they can do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure if... I'm sure if they didn't have the license already... Uh, they would probably, because they've been tempted to make a game that's more action-packed, right? More resembling the show. Yep. Uh, but because of technological uh, stoppages, like there's no stuff they could have done. Yeah. And and just kind of trying to make something that works, and the fact that they're trying to make money off of a powerful uh, a, a new show like Walking Dead. Exactly. They created something very special. Special. Like, yeah. And, and like the the voice acting, all that, like Dave Fenoy kills it as lead. oh a yeah. lot of those guys were and, fantastic and, and um you know it's so good that I, i'll forgive that a white woman voiced clementine <laughs> yeah yeah that was that's the thing um but yeah i i i couldn't deny that was a, a an absolutely uh you know defining game for me um beyond just as a gamer but as yeah. a person too um so you are up all right so um this game is what we call uh, what I call the the Golden Corral special. Uh, so, <laughs> original be the game that this replaced because this went on my list before. It was Halo, and uh, that so he thinks this game he's about to say is better than Halo. Go. 
Yeah, this is the imagine that. No, no. no. I, Halo didn't define me because I was already into shooters. Like I already, I I wanted an Xbox because I wanted Halo because I already yeah. wanted to uh, uh, play a shooter. I'm not a fan. I'm not a, a fan of the PC shooter at first, uh, but uh, Area 51 at my local uh, Golden Crow made me love. First person shooters. Now it's a it's a light gun shooter, right? But it, it's it's one of those things. And it, I didn't care. Greasy light gun from the oh, yeah. from the from the buns from Golden Corral. Had everybody, buttery, everybody, you know, everybody was on that gun. Boy. Uh, mm. It's a real shooter. Uh, the question is, is it is it good? No, no, not particularly. But I loved it because it was the first. Okay, I probably mentioned this before. I was. I'm, I'm, I grew up with a family, like my dad and my mom, very strict Christian folk, mm-hmm. and violence was a no-no. Like, I couldn't play, I couldn't play for uh, the longest, um, well, I couldn't in spurts, but uh, Goldeneye, you know, the restraint, a little violence, but they didn't see what I was doing when I got up from the table and walking over to the arcade section with four <laughs> games of broken pin ta- uh, pinball shed table. McGee. Yeah, and I was just you know, throwing, killing these aliens, I was just... <laughs> Throwing grenades, you throw the grenades. That was, you know, down the barrel and shooting off screen to reload. And I was like, yo, this, this is shit is dope. And so when yeah. Halo started coming about and started to see kind of things and playing the demo, I was like, in my head, I really thought, this is like Area 51. <laughs> <laughs> I got a gun here. I'm shooting aliens. I'm like, this is about I love the conclusion. Yeah, it's like, this, this is, is like Area 51. Uh, Accurate. Because at, at that point, you know, now you, arcade games come to consoles and all that. You know, but yeah. I, I, and, I, and I think eventually Area 51 did come to consoles. And it might have already been there, but I wasn't I think aware. it was on PlayStation. Yeah. I remember playing yeah. it at home. I'm like, this is horrible. Yeah, I played on the so, controller, though. So I was like, it's oh, so bad, bad, yeah. So, and, and then, again, and if now... When people know me and know the games I like, they know that I love Halo. They know that I like, I like these Xbox specific, specific games. But Area Fifty One was so special to me because of the fact that I I wasn't allowed to play these games. I got to play them. It was just such a bad fucking game. But it really got me into these into the rest of my life in terms of a video game fan. Mm-hmm. Like because I mean, th- think about it. We're in our mid thirties. And, and, and moving on up. That's yep. how my numbers and age works here. Uh, and we're still playing games. And I I owe a lot to all five of these games, including Area 51. I mean, it's just the, the, simple, the simple kind of thing of shooting, quarter shooter, killing this monster here. I mean, that simple kind of adrenaline rush that I got doing that mm-hmm. translated over to Halo and translated over to games... You know, in the future, in terms of the first-person shooters, that game is really was my doorway because I can't yeah. remember ever playing a first-person shooter. It's like GoldenEye, but that kind of gore-inducing, right. like not really multiplayer-centric, and it was just kind of like kill these monsters, and and it was something that I really, uh, you know, I play. I'm telling you, for years. Golden Corral, like, yes, please. I give a fuck about the Golden Corral. I just want to play Area 51. You didn't want that chocolate fountain? Oh, that was probably not out at the time. Uh, that wasn't out. That wasn't out. What, what they had was an ice cream uh, an ice cream oh, bar. Oh, that dirty-ass ice cream that bar. That shit was like, yo, is this ice cream? Because it tastes like water with some ice in it. Yeah, that's what it was. It that's was right. disgusting. But uh, the sacrifice I was willing to make to play Area 51. Man. That's a good pick. Yeah. That's a good pick. Um, I, I forgot that game existed until you dusted that shit off and, <laughs> and put that on your list. Um, but, but good choice. Um, my number four game that defined me 
uh, is uh, Grand Theft Auto 3. Um, at the time, what the fuck is an open world game? No one really did stuff like that. It's not not with the kind of intentions that 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 Rockstar had with GTA Three. Hell no. Um, I mean, like Grand Theft Auto Two was that, but it but it was like right, very right, exactly. contained, top down. It wasn't the same exactly. experience. Hell no. This. I had never played, you know, admittedly a, a, a GTA game before I played 3. So I had no idea what I was in for. Um, all I knew was that I was reading in magazines at the time, like, people were starting to really say, like, yo, this game is going to change gaming forever. And I heard that so many times, and, and that at the time, that didn't happen a lot. There was a lot of, like, hype and hyperbole and stuff like that, but never, like, yo, that go play that um and so year of dreams 2001 as i mentioned earlier you got final fantasy 10 you got metal gear solid 2 you've got devil may cry you've got this game grand theft auto 3 comes out of nowhere and blows my expectations out of the water with the sheer openness freedom um, that that it allows you to have the very beginning of the game when you're playing as as the guy Claude I think is his canon name is um, you're getting in a car with a guy named Eight Ball he lets you drive what's that mean I don't know <laughs> maybe contraband I don't play pool <laughs> um, you get in the car and I remember getting I'll never forget it you, you get in the car for the first time you turn it on and you're like oh shit. This is a whole ass city. Yeah. Like it tells you where to go with the waypoint sure. and stuff on the map, but you're like, oh wow, there's traffic light, people cars are stopping, pedestrians are walking across the street. I can get out of this car anytime I want. I can kill that person over there, go grab me a hookah. Hook. Go get the BJs. Go, go. Um are we not talking wholesale? <laughs> um, and it was like, oh, oh, oh every moment was like a revelation of like Oh, this is pushing the envelope now. This is this is a different beast. So it, this is not a Walking Dead thing where it started teaching me things about how to deal with you know tough people and how to you know pass down stuff to kids. This is more of like a very video game ass video game. Wow moment for me um, that that really changed everything. Push the envelope with violence and satire. Satire was something I wasn't used to seeing in video games at all. I can't remember. And this game was destroying it. When it came to satire, um, the the radio stations. Yeah. Um, I'll ne- I, I remember them off the top of my head. Uh, well, obviously Chatterbox with with Laszlo, which is where all the satire was coming from. The yeah. fake commercials with all the stuff that was like relevant at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was like amazing. Listening to talk radio of, of people that were just absolutely nuts. Uh, Kja, the reggae net, uh, the reggae radio station was my favorite one. Uh, game radio, MSX was like the electronica one. Uh, there were so many of them, and, and that, those radio stations, and, and it happened for a lot of people um, with like San Andreas and, and Vice City, like people started becoming fans of those artists yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. would put game uh, their, their music on in GTA, and that was a game that really actually shaped some of my taste in music too. So it was uh, defining in, in, in a in a very strange sense that I wasn't coming into it expecting. 
Um, and then just the unprecedented world immersion for its time. Um, you know, you go back to it now, and you can literally play it on your iPhone. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it doesn't hold up particularly well. It's not a game you want to come back to and you, you feel what you feel the first time you played it. Um, but for what it was and what it, it did in terms of shaking the industry up, and making people go, let's start doing what they're doing. Um, that was that was amazing in and of itself. And as a gamer, uh, it it changed the way that I thought about video games because I started thinking about what if this franchise tries to do what they just yeah. did with GTA Three. And of course, developers and publishers were thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. What about an open world Scarface? You know, like oh. stuff like that. Um, you know, so it, it, I it was, try. yeah, it was booty. Uh, but you know, but it, it just it it changed everything uh, in a way that I think people have kind of forgotten over the years uh, because GTA is just GTA to people now. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about uh, experiencing something and then kind of knowing about it or, mm-hmm. or finding out about it and kind of experiencing it in a different way. So I, I, in a lot of ways, um, I, I never I didn't play Grand Theft Auto Three until after I played Vice City. Oh, Vice City was my first foray into it the problem here is i was already getting those magazines and and i knew about grand theft auto 3 i knew about what it was and so it's almost like because i i i sucked all that information in Mm -hmm. i knew it there was no what i played by city still surprised still all that but it wasn't it didn't i never felt like oh this is revolutionized video games because this is already the second iteration i'm living the revolution you yeah, you were at the forefront yeah. of it right i'm living is like this is games from now on yeah exactly and, and and so for me uh i i i i don't have a grand theft auto game on my list because i had that kind of feeling and again it's on my list which we'll get to in a little mm-hmm. bit that's the feeling i had at a very young age and so uh stubbornly maybe i it's not this game because <laughs> I'm a stubborn person sometimes. And until those Grand Theft Auto games. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Now let me ask you a quick question. Okay. What's your favorite Grand Theft Auto game? Like just your one. Uh, my one favorite Grand Theft Auto game would have to be three. Yeah. I think it, it, is it the technically the best one to play? Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Mine is the mine is the, the the people call the worst one. Is it Vice City? No. It's four. You think it's actually four? Four is my favorite. No, it's not. You lie. I love four. I love the story. Oh my god! I love the story. Stop I fucking lie. No, I, I, I do. I, I thought. I thought you said it was Vice City for a while. No, I, I think. I think we switched back and forth. But I, oh, I think four okay. is is the one that I said where the story itself really came through and it stripped everything out of San Andreas. That's the thing yeah, that people hated. It, yeah, because it stripped that game down to the story. And I think what they were trying to do was make a more serious version of it this game. It was very serious. Because it was kind mm-hmm. of going to the absurd a little bit, right? Yeah. And so I think in order for them to kind of... Re- it's almost funny. Cause for, it's almost for them to revolutionize the, the genre again. Mm-hmm. They had to scale back. Yeah. And and it it backfired to an extent. But for me, that story... When I think about the stories, it's always Nico Bellic and, and, and Roman. Nico Bellic. And, and, and then going to that... Oh, I'm. I, I found a girlfriend in 24 hours, but she's an FBI agent, and it's like going through this. Whole, and then you find uh, Brucey. Brucey's oh, Brucey like, was funny like, as fuck. Was, yeah, he was. I, the game was good. I, I think. I think what it was for me was it was, it just was too jarring of a change at the time for me. It was. I was not used to. 
it, it was almost becoming a sim, like a like a, like yeah, a city sim in I a think sense. So. Yeah. Because it was getting very realistic. You can shoot uh, the tire flat. You know, shoot the tires out. You could shoot the, the yeah. you know the, the thing. It was it was very very almost simish in a, in a sense, and I, I think I just wasn't ready for that. But there were rumors that that's going to get remastered. Oh please. Um, it, it, I would it, love to see the, it was like a box art leak thing or something like that I think from like late last year I'd love to see that I'd love to see Vice City remastered from the ground up and have Ray Liotta come back I feel like that's what they're going to probably do oh. in, a, in a way with like the next GTA because I think they said it was going to be like in a well there's a lot of things that got to change in that game well there's that too that game specifically because that game took uh, stuff from Carlito's way the, the Sean Penn uh, uh, Jewish lawyer oh. and <laughs> Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. Um, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, GTA Three, um, amazing game that just was the the the, the discovery uh, of of no one really knowing what GTA was, and they, we were all finding out together. It was like if I can equivalent, uh, you know, equate it to something more recent. It's the way people realized what Demon Souls and Dark Souls was together. Like uh, we were all figuring it out at the same time. And, oh, this is that. And it was like a community of like, you know, water cooler talk or homeroom talk in my case about like, I did this. I did. I killed this person and I drove out. And then I got out of the car and the car kept going to hit the guy. And then I got and I got a hooker afterwards. And it was like, oh man, I did this. I did something totally different. So it was one of those like, uh, one of those experiences, and I'll never forget it ever. Yeah. So that's my number four. So my number three is um, Ken Griffey Jr.'s winning run. Now, there's a, there's a history here with Marco in that game as well in terms of uh, oh, us playing yeah. it together. But, I mean, besides video game, I always loved baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, I played in, in Little League. I played all the way to, to high school. Um, but I was one of those weird kids where I'd play baseball, but I, I especially in Little League, and I didn't really uh, – watch baseball like i did but not as much right mm-hmm. i was just one of those kids that i love playing the game but i never really watched the game much and so ken griffith jr's win, uh, winning run comes out and uh i can really tie my love for baseball as watching it with this game why because this game comes out without mlb licensing it's only the kid only ken griffith jr yep. he's the only one that's in the game everybody every team that's available to play in that in that game has an equivalent of the player. For example, it was Frank Thomas was somebody. Yeah, there. yeah, and it, it was like it was like a strong McGee or something was for uh, Mark McGuire and mm-hmm. the Cardinals. So what I did, and this is pre-internet, right? Mm-hmm. Is I would uh, go to school, go to library, and, and I would try to find books about baseball and kind of look at. Oh, Mark McGuire's in the Cardinals. Uh, watch uh, TV, watch some games, and be like, oh. Uh, that's okay. who his name is, that's yeah. Frank Thomas. Okay, cool. Got Cal Ripken Jr. All right, cool. And I would put him on a thing, and mm-hmm. then I would go back, because you change the names in there, too, mm-hmm. and change each and every one of those names. And I had to do that at least 50 times, because for whatever reason, that motherfucker was terrible at saving Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. And I, you know, and, and they play like their counterparts. It just yep. couldn't be licensed in any way, shape, or form. But I was kind of playing the sim Mm-hmm. Relation of a baseball game before there was a, a real big thing, and I was in there and I was, you know, studying up on players. Uh, yeah. Okay, Frank Frank Thomas is a really good home run hitter, so I knew that was my power bat, right? Got it. And yeah. so I was I was breaking down these 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 players in the most difficult way because going back thinking about it, and I also still have the game. I saw the Super Nintendo and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it's all there. It tells you what they're good at. I just didn't know that. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I just I made it super hard on myself. Oh, uh, but it's it just one of those things where it it it, it bled over to real life. Uh, it, it was a game that not only defined me as a gamer, but defined me as a person in terms mm-hmm. of uh, what sports I like. Because I, I watch basketball, I watch football, but I mean, for me, my love of in sports is baseball. Homeboy's wearing a Mets shirt right this second <laughs> in time. I love, I love it. But we used to play like. Uh, uh, we used Home to play baseball Derby. at the yeah. cul-de-sac, and I could never get our goal, cul-de-sac home run. And you would hit it every time and touch the mailboxes. And that was our bases, and look at me like, fuck a baseball. Uh, but but I, 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 it just, it's, it's just one of those things where, uh, one of those rare occasions where not only is the game, oh yeah, now I like this kind of game, but also it really got me into the whole statistical kind of push of, of, of sports and, and what this player does, what this is, what mm-hmm. matchups, all the stupid game that really its intent was to play Kangaroo Jr. And it was an arcade-ass game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was it's just, it really just, even now, and, and, and it's one of those rare occasions, and it's the only time that I can really think of where it's a game that I play with my dad often. Because my dad didn't, yeah. didn't play uh, video games at all. Uh, spit on my uh, computer, uh, and I played with him, and uh, often, and it was, and like I mentioned last week, uh, last episode, whooped my ass. No, those men don't play games. They whooped my ass in that game. Gave and, you the business. Yeah, and so it was just one of those things where I, I really, it, it really just kind of defined mm-hmm. me beyond, uh, beyond video games. And it was a cool thing that if you didn't play the game for a while, and you just kept it there. Your uh, didn't pitch. Oh yeah, the umpire would turn around and be like, play the game, get. Because I couldn't really say it like this, but yeah, that's my my, my number three. Um, that man, I I I, I want to play that game again somehow, some way. I have it. Got to do it. Got to do it. I own it. Um, my number three. Uh, it's funny you mentioned. Uh, <laughs> how did you say it? Sockum. <laughs> Sockum. I was I was doing um, my Harry. I, was, I love baseball. I was doing my Harry Carey. Sockum. Cracker Jacks. That was a little bit of a. That was a bit of a hybrid of impressions there. A little Ric Flair. Um, Son of a god. <laughs> um, so calm too um, is my number three uh, defining game for me. Um, this was unequivocally the first online multiplayer game that I ever loved. Um, even before you know all of the stuff that people go, well, what about that game? Uh, it was always so calm too first. Um, Man, I, it was one of those games where, you know how on every, like, keynote, there's always that, like, really corny-ass speech about uh, the games bring everyone together and connect the world and experiences for all of us to have. And then they play, like, the stupid like, buzz trailer with, like, the boom, 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 oh, like that same <laughs> song. All of them got the same song. Anyway, that, that, I just wanted that's to say the, that. Part. That's the Imagine Dragons special. Yeah, it's always the Imagine Dragons. It's, uh, so... This was the. G- <laughs> I almost want to do it again. Um, oh, <laughs> got a little flat there. Leave it alone. I've been talking for a couple hours. Um, so, um, this was the first time where I actually felt that connection with other gamers. Um, I found a community of people that I um, there was clan functionality in there. And I was able to recruit people to um, my clan, and we basically all, people from all different walks of life, races, sexual preferences, um, ages, all that stuff. We all came together to form a clan, 
and we, you know, just we, we all just initially joined it because we were playing people randomly and we were, you know, we talked to people on the microphone. Oh, this person seems cool. Let's see if they want to join my clan. Sure. Okay. So we, our clan starts building up in numbers. We got to about maybe 15 people. And, you know, as time went on, it, it became less about playing SOCOM 2, which was an amazing game for its time, and became more about us as a little family of people. And we would, we would play the games and we would talk about nothing but real life. What's going, how's school going for you? Oh, how's things going with your new boyfriend? Blah, blah, blah. Like we would just talk to each other about everything but the actual game itself. And we would still win and everything, but it was more about just meeting up with these people. I still remember all their usernames uh, to this day. I, I always wonder, like, I wonder what happened with that person, what happened with this person. Um, as time went on and, you know, people started playing other stuff eventually, we all kind of drifted apart and moved on and lived our own lives. And, and, uh, but, you know, I always go back to that game with so much nostalgia because um, these are people that I genuinely cared about. We kept in touch with each other outside of the game. We were emailing each other. Um, before texting was a thing, uh, we were, you know, t calling each other on the phone every once in a while saying, hey, what's up? How you been? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and so I, I don't think I'll ever find another experience like that ever again. Um, but for what it was, especially at that time in my life, I was, you know, in high school, I was, you know, I mentioned, I think another episode, I was a, a shy kid in high school. That was an opportunity for me to kind of come out of my shell, be more social with people, kind of get my feet wet with interacting. So it was a really transformative game for me in that sense. And in some ways it kind of deserves to be my number one, um, but I'll get to why it wasn't in, in a little while, but it, it was a game that really helped me figure out how to navigate conversations with people, how to work through my anxiety and my you know stress about how I come off to people. Uh, and it made for an experience that I was literally playing uh, until 5 a.m. every night. I got in trouble about for my dad at one point. He was getting ready for work early in the morning to go to Fridays, and um, he heard me like mumbling in, in the room on my headset, and he's like, don't you fucking tell me you're still playing. And he's usually... I woke up early to, he's to do us, Yeah. <laughs> um, he's usually super cool about games, like I said the other day, uh, other episode. But that time he was like, bruh, go the fuck to bed. Uh, so I... Okay. Uh, but man, that game is just memories all over the place. Uh, okay, those... my roommate's telling me I gotta get off now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's my girlfriend. Yeah, she was like, "Wait, hey, hey, your you girlfriend doing? got a deep ass voice." <laughs> like, uh, you know, she got a cold. <laughs> Why she say son? Um, <laughs> we weird. We weird like that. Yeah, you know, we silly. Um, <laughs> um, but man, uh, I, it was one of those things. It, it's hard to explain, you know, on, on a podcast. You, it was one of those you had it had to be you. I think I think if, if people listen to this, they get what you're saying. Yeah, right? you yeah. Know, everybody's had had at least something similar to the, to that. Yeah. Right? Nowadays, I mean, the community of gamers are so toxic, and it's it's very trolly but and not stuff. Not only toxic, but it, it's it, it was it was a new frontier. Like you remember, mm -hmm. you're talking to people from all around the world, United yeah. States, and, and now it's like that. That's everyday it's, life. It's typical. Yeah. yeah, you go on Twitter. You can talk to anybody you want from any place, and mm -hmm. you know it's it's that that's, that's not special anymore. Yeah, yeah. And funny because when that that functionality was a thing, you know, you're you're kind of more of a uh, introverted person in that sense, kind of shy. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'm I'm outgoing in that way, but I'm also I'm shy like that too. I don't play games with people I don't know. I say, yeah, but. When that feature was out, I'm talking to everybody. Everybody's like, hey, everybody my friend. Everybody's, we're all talking about everybody. Yep. And, and then it's not special anymore, so I don't talk to nobody. I don't play my multi. Unless I'm playing with you, my microphone is off yeah, like oh, a motherfucker. Off. I don't it's, care what anybody's saying. It's disconnected. 
Yeah. I don't talk to nobody. <laughs> and, and, and immediately, yeah. what I do as soon as the party lobby comes up, Turn mute. That I mute, mute everybody. I don't want to hear every, anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's going to shut up. Shut up. Um, but, man, SOCOM 2, definitely an influential game for me in, in beyond just the how great of a game it was. I wish I talked more about how great of a game it is uh, for its time. And much you like you said, yeah. SOCOM is just... I wish it comes back, man. I wish it really does. But I, I want it to be in the right hands because it tried a couple times on yeah, PS3. I, it was like, what I is I want this? it to come back in a way that it feels like SOCOM and it doesn't feel like Call of Duty. Yeah. Because I think towards the end... They were trying to go yeah, after what Call of Duty was doing. A little it's bit. Like, it, and it, it, was, it wasn't working. I, I, so. I, would, love, I would love to come back. I... I, I, I That'd be so great, and I just. But I want it to be. I want it to be right. I want it to feel yeah. right. I don't want a, uh, exactly. a clone of. A, and that's probably why it hasn't really, yeah, come out because I feel like, I feel like, you know, for everything that PlayStation is doing now, they know they have a really good feel on their franchises, and they use mm-hmm. they barely ever drop the ball on that. And if a game starts to get stale, like a God of War, look what they did with with the with the newest God of War. Look yeah. what you know. So I feel like um, with things like that, I. I think, and I know SOCOM, I don't think is a specific Sony franchise. I, I uh, think, the IP, I think, is owned by Sony. Okay, great. So, yeah, so I feel like I, I, I feel like we'll never see a SOCOM game unless they can figure out how it can still be SOCOM. Uh, 100%. Yeah. 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 And, that, and that's, and that's and that, at the very least, that, that's really good to know about that uh, yeah. in terms of, the, uh, of them owning it. Um, so, my number two, um, I think a lot of people think it would be my number one, but my number two uh, is. Uh, is a game that solidified kind of my uh, my gaming life. Like there was no way after I played the game that I was never not going to play the game. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. all the games that I mentioned before were all right before this, and it's uh, the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Uh, you know, my first experience with this game was, you know, you wake up just like every other Zelda game. And you're playing, and, and you're in, in Kokuru Village, and you're, you're setting everything up, right? It's all very much a, a slow burn. You're, you're here, you get mm. the, the wooden sword, the your wooden shield, and then you go into the Deku Tree, and it's your first dungeon. And you, you do that, and that's awesome. That's yeah. all cool. And then you walk in through this little path that was blocked by this fucker that was doing, put his hand aside and walk side to side, wouldn't let you go in, right? So you finally are able to go in there you come out the other side and it's the it's an open world you can go to any dungeon you want in any way uh in any order yeah and the thing with that is the experience you had with, with with metal gear solid 3 was what i had with i wasn't expecting that i i i, I didn't play uh link to the past a lot I, I had it but i didn't play a lot of it mm-hmm and I, I, man, I was too young. I didn't really understand. I got stuck uh, in the swamp area. Um, I didn't know what. So when this game comes out, a little older, it was 99. And it just, it fucking just blew me away. Because not only that, yeah. as you played, the story started evolving. And it was like, wait a minute. Like, what, you put the sword in. You travel through time. Now you're an mm-hmm. adult version of Link. You look back at the Seven Sages saving Princess Zelda, Ganondorf, and all all this all this mytho- mythological storytelling all comes all the tropes. Oh, of course, travel, of all course. The shit. Yeah. And then, and then the in-depth way you play, like you you get this this upgrade in order for you to do what you need to do in that uh, in that dungeon, right? Mm-hmm. And it, all of that just it just 
it just played so well with what the game was and 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 it was this was the game that changed the the franchise Zelda of course and, yeah and, and it like it really just took it to that next level like it and but man it, it's one of those games that I can't I can't ever not like love it, it it's it's through and through the quintessential video game ass video game for me yeah like it is when I think about if if somebody said Name me one video game. It's always going to be uh, Ocarina. Know, Ocarina Time. It just mm-hmm. it is it is it's it's a game that even now I go on YouTube and I look up the uh, Unreal Engine uh, for oh, the the remake, the remake thing you were stuff. Trying to I'm do? like, oh man, this yeah. would be dumb. Did you play the uh, the 3DS? Yeah. Oh remake? yeah. Yeah yeah. I, the remaster. Pro- yeah, that's probably the that I bought a 3D. I, I bought a 3DS. Was a Super 3 uh, 3DS Plus. Oh yeah, because you could. I bought it just for for, that. and I literally only played that. Mm-hmm. That's the only game I played on that. I played the whole thing. I've played that game more more than any other game. I think even more than Mass Effect too. Um, <laughs> Jeez. But man, it is. It really just it, it really impacted me in a way that I. I mean, I got a fucking half my arm is dedicated yeah. to Princess Zelda and, and tattoo for me. Yeah, I missed the boat on the sixty four uh, for a while, and by the time I got to it, all I cared about was No Mercy. Yeah, uh, and I, I got around to other games eventually, but by that point, I didn't, I didn't, I, I'd never really gotten into Zelda before then, so I didn't understand or appreciate how amazing it was as a, as the first three D op- like open split. Like, yeah, it wasn't what to me what. Uh, Mario 64 was right. I couldn't connect the dots on it quite well, the same way because I'd never really gotten into Zelda like that back then. But, but. I, I think for me it was was a lot of people say it's the best Zelda game, right? And, and I agree. But for me personally, it was just an amalgamation of things. Um, I was just starting to play uh, a musical instrument because I was, you know, I'm just playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I was about to play. No, my dad. My dad bought me an alto sax. My dad plays saxophone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he bought me one, and I was just starting to play that. So I was getting. I was into music. I was starting getting into music, jazz. I was trying to listen because my dad had some. Started listening to that, and this game had a not the same thing, but this game had an ocarina, and you could play musical notes, and you can bust that bitch out and just play notes, like, <laughs> and, and you could, and they're real musical notes, you know. Yeah. So it, it had just. It was like. It was like every little bit of me that I of the kid that I was then was in that game. Like you know, I, I was just a lot starting to be allowed to to, to to play a little more violent games, right? I had a sword, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I the musical aspect of it, the open world aspect of it. It's like yo, like this is. I was playing like I was playing just Mario, and I was playing like just that's what yeah. really, literally Mario was like my primary way of like my Nintendo like. My entire life is really like Mario, 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 Mario. Oh, and that's it, right? It's Zelda. And then, so what was that I, sound? I, oh. <laughs> um, and so you know, for me, and the reason it's not my 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 number one is because it's not the game that got me into games, right? Uh, but fair, okay. But yeah, but and then, but yeah, that's 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 it. That's uh, there's not really much left to be said on that for me because it, it was mm. just. It's a, it's more of a feeling than it is that I can that I can articulate in a way where it, it makes sense to everybody. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I think it's one of those games where you you can only you don't have to say too much about it. I think uh, for for so many people that game is just so synonymous with what made them care about gaming, what made them respect gaming or uh, understand the medium and its possibilities. Um, do you do you? This is a dumb question, but do you remember your favorite like ocarina like tune? Do you? Oh know yeah. It? Well, what is it? Uh, we want to go ahead and drop it. It's like it's a it's a song of time. 
And then uh-huh. it's, it's the... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what mine is? What? It's... Gonna play Zelda. That was... That was down, up, left, right. Yeah, yeah. You want to press poof? And then woof. And then... Oh, it's, yeah, a, it's, a three. Whole it's a whole thing. You guys don't yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to dispute that one. Uh, that, that's, that's an amazing game. I, like I said, I missed the boat on it, but hard to deny that uh, it is a classic and a defining hey, game. And then these motherfuckers are going to remake games. And I'm not... Come, and I, and, come and on. This game, and this game And this game isn't like... It's precious to me as this. This version of Ocarina of Time will always be precious to me. I still have the little gold uh, cartridge. I think I'm going to try to do something with that, like frame it or something. But I'm I'm down for a whole ass remake with the with the Breath of the Wild engine or a Breath of the uh, a Breath of the Wild engine. Like mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I'm down for a whole ass and I'll play the shit out of that. Like if you got they made they remake Link's Awakening. Come on. Like well, you know what they'll do is they'll just they'll just They'll sell it for three months and they'll get rid of it, and then it's R.I.P. Link. Yeah, well, fuck that, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, so my number two uh, is is um, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. Um, Kotor up in this piece. Um, so this is a game that I almost ignored completely because at the time I was not a Star Wars fan. Um, I could not care less about the Star Wars universe. That's cool, lightsabers. Darth Vader, okay, whatever the fuck, cool. Um, so I really only played this game, and I rented it first at the Vigi Kings um, because I had nothing else to play. And I was literally just, it was one of those days where I was like combing through the aisles. I'm like, I already rented that, I already rented that. <sighs> Fine, whatever the fuck. I knew nothing about this game. I didn't even know it was an RPG, nothing. Um, so I'd go ahead and say, okay, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll rent it. I just got an Xbox a few months ago, so I was like, I, I want something to do, and I've heard this game is, like, special. Okay, whatever. So I get it, and I'm like, oh, this is this is an RPG, but it's not like RPGs that I'm used to. At that point, I had yeah. only known Japanese RPGs, but I'm like, it has a leveling system. It has abilities I have to unlock. It's it, it's an RPG, but I can run around and explore. and Dialogue. It's There's dialogue options. What is that? Yeah. I can make choices about my dialogue. I can be good or bad. What? Yeah. So it was like, oh, this is... So it was another one of those mind-blowing games for me that was like, okay, this is... I've never played anything like this before. Um, incredible characters that I fell in love with instantly they became a, like like a family to me because you have so much time throughout the, the game to get to know them listen to their backstories listen to the things that they've had you know problems with it wasn't just a star wars you know action game with it was, you know, a, it was a jedis versus sith and it was a, you know at, at that time people weren't fucking with star wars in that they weren't changing shit they weren't yeah. telling stories that were this intricate and this this not game, at all this game went all out they were like we're gonna we're gonna create our own Star Wars yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fantastic, and it made me it made me get interested in Star Wars, of course. Um, but it made me really start to fall in love with storytelling and gaming. Period. Because I had you know before this, I had played games with with great stories. I played Final Fantasies. I played Metal Gears. I I I knew what good stories were. But this was like that next level of storytelling that I'm like I, I if if there's more of this in video games to come, 
I can never see myself walking away from games again. Yeah. So it was one of those moments where I'm like, this type of stuff will get me to stay forever. And, um, you know, Bioware became one of my favorite developers over time. It was, you know, um, they made games like Jade Empire. They, they, they branched off into, um, obviously, Dragon Age and Mass Effect and stuff like that. And, um, and, and, and I just I could never look away from anything they've ever done. Um, but going back to KOTOR, um, greatest plot twist in video game history, yeah. uh, hands down. Uh, hardest choice I have ever made in a video game. Um, there is a point in the end of the game where someone that has been with you throughout the entirety of the game turns to the dark side. Mm -hmm. And this character is basically, after you find out the plot twist about who, who your character is, this, this person is, is basically making a very strong case for why you should not stay with the Jedi because yeah. they have done this to you, they've done that to you, uh, you know, they, they, they completely ruined your life, and we represent the opportunity you never had to, to be who you truly are, to get your identity back, blah, 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 and you're like, oh my God. So I, I remember I, I literally sat in front of my TV for about 45 minutes and deliberated and comb through all of my choices because there's really only two choices, but there yeah. was like different ways I can answer the, the you know the question of whether I wanted to turn or not, and I finally decided to turn. Oh, I'm were. like I'm gonna do this because you know what this person is absolutely right. I, as much as I love these people, like they don't understand what I've been through as a character, so I'm actually putting myself in the shoes of this person, and so I make the choice. She's like fuck yeah. Now we've got to kill all the people that you've been with this entire time. Yeah. Except for the few that are like cool with the yeah, dark yeah. side and shit. Yeah, we're cool with the dark and side. And I'm like, oh my god, I have to kill these people? I'm like, no, they're not going to make me do that. Right. Games don't make me do that. They don't make me do that. Nope. Yep. I go out there, and there's all my people, and they're like, did you just, did you just turn to the dark side? Maybe. And I go, boom. <laughs> And they're like, "What the? Don't tell me!" And they're, they're like, "They're like, oh my god, I can't believe you did it!" And they're they're like in shock, and it's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that he just turned." We have no choice. We have we we can't let you through. We can't let you do what you got to do. We got to kill you. And so I'm I'm in the moment of like fighting the people that I had leveled yep. up, that I had gotten to know, flown around with, all these missions with, hit it off with, and I felt sick to my stomach. Yeah. From there on out, and um, no game has ever made me feel like that. It, At all, it, it was just the, the build and how yeah. smart they were. They put this character in your path for you to get close to them, and then at the very end, because it's very easy to be like, "Nah, I'm going, I'm going to the light side." Mm -hmm. The good guys. This is Star Wars. I'm yeah, a, I'm a fucking. I'm gonna be. A, I'm a Jedi Knight. That, yep. That's what. But then they, they 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 put this person there, and they tell you who you are. And why? Mm -hmm. And then that relationship. It's like. Because, I mean, the ultimate, the, 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 the other player that just get hurt, that's the person you kill is the other person, right? Exactly. Then, but that relationship was like, oh, I don't want to let this person down. And then, yeah. obviously, they don't tell you what's about to happen. Yeah. You know, so that happens, and you're like, oh. That's, I've never felt that way again, because I, it's, it's not on my list, because I, as a series, I, I kind of conflate all three, oh, all two, of Mass Effect games. And those are the games that I think of. Uh, so it kind of took the place of that game. Oh, okay. So no, the only other time that I felt kind of that way, and it reminded me of Kotor, was in Fallout Four when I was oh. with the I told you, the under the under <laughs> yeah. guy, and I, I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna be with my son, and they're like, yeah, but you, now you gotta kill. 
the all these people that you were like, these guys are my friends. Yeah, and I was like, dude. oh hey, this is kind of like this. Fam, it that was the only game that ever put me through an emotional ringer like that, and it, it was defining in that sense for me. I I could not ever forget a game like that um, for for what it, it kind of made me feel on a, on a on a raw emotional level because that stuff sounds like cheesy to say even now saying that it's like yeah, oh yeah, that yeah. sounds fucking lame but, well, but it, it 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 was that game for me and uh I, i've never been able to to define myself as a gamer without pointing to that game so that's why it's my number two yeah well uh, we're gonna hear to our ones uh my number one game is the game that started it all for me um, and I wasn't really planning to do this list and and make and put the game. This is the game that started it all because mm-hmm. you know, but uh, this really was the game that whoa, that uh, <laughs> kind of still it, it kind of uh, it has a special place in my in my heart. Um, it's one of the best uh, games in this in the series. Oh, of course. But it really just it it, it really is the, the game that was like welcome to video games. So my dad had a friend. Uh, and this game is uh, Super Mario Bros. Uh, 3. It's not Paperboy? <laughs> <laughs> so my dad had a friend who uh-huh. just bought the SNES. Okay. Just come out. And so he was like, hey, I have an NES. I'm going to – does your kid like video games? He's, my dad's like, he doesn't know what that is. Of course I knew what it is, but I didn't have it. So my, mm-hmm. so my the guy drives over, and he's going to sell the NES. To, to us, right? But before it does it, my dad's like, I gotta see this thing and see how it, how it works. I'm like, whatever, okay. So he gets there. I remember this vividly, dude. He gets there. He plugs everything in. I'm watching it. And I'm like, okay. I, 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 conceptually, I understand what this is. Okay. And then uh, puts the game in. Doesn't turn on. Like, he takes it out. He's like, what? He doesn't. He does. I don't remember him blowing it on it like you know people mm-hmm. do. Uh, but I remember him taking it out. Of the side. He prayed on it. That's what he did. <laughs> Took it out. He was like, oh. put it back in, and then the ding, right? Uh huh. And so he's playing. He's showing me, you know. And I'm like, all right. So I get it. It was instant. It was just like second nature. Mm-hmm. I was square little uncomfortable controller. Oh, my little I think kid it was hands. arthritis. But in my in my in my you. kid hands, I was like this. Dude, and it was just—it was literally like mouth open. <laughs> All right, let's say no, Papi, I want to keep playing. One more chance. One more chance. <laughs> <laughs> so we were playing it, and it was like, and it's like, it was like nineteen. It was like maybe ninety-one. So I was, five. you were you were a kid. Dude. I was five. Yeah. So I don't have a lot of vivid memories of. I don't have long stretches of memories of like, oh, when I was five, I remember this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. I remember bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah, right? of course. I can tell you right now, that moment in my life as a five-year-old, I, I know exactly the color of the entertainment system. I can mm-hmm. remember the entertainment, confirmed by the pictures that I've seen, you know, at the house. Oh, dope. Yeah. So I, I remember where I, where I sat, these horrible couches that my mom had, remember? It's, and... <laughs> My dad didn't buy the NES because it, the game kept freezing. So he's like, oh, this doesn't work. And the guy's like, oh. Oh, shit. The guy's like, oh, okay, whatever. So my, the guy leaves with the fucking NES. I'm heartbroken. I'm like, I, what are you doing? Like, Oh, so y'all don't love me? He's like, y'all don't love me no more? So, and then, uh, I think it was that year, I got an SNES. Mm-hmm. So you know, my my dad my mom told mom and dad told me it's like oh like you 
you're you're crazy. You're like you were jumping off the walls. We had a, a set, sit there. We would hear a bang, and you would fall from the bunk bed or whatever. And then when you played video games, you just kind of sat there, and just like um, zoned out. It's kind yeah. of like so. I was like, oh, we had to get you in for our sake, you know. <laughs> later on, they said, you know, that's so true. so true. they they got me on, and that's when I got Super Mario World. Yeah, uh, which wasn't uh, Mario Bros. Three, but it is my favorite Mario game. Super Mario World uh, is my favorite in, in my all time list. That's the game that is above Super mm-hmm. Mario Bros. But this is it was a trans it was it, again these words we use and like we're, we're like there's talking about but we are talking about our life and, and how Absolutely, it changed yeah. and it was a transformative yeah. experience i it's the it's it's the one of those things you remember where you were you know like when yeah. when this and this happened i remember the day that i fell in love with video games was super mario bros 3 and it was it was yeah life altering because I've had to get reconfirmations of why I love video games, mm-hmm. and I've always had them, right? And then I don't, I don't haven't felt like that since like the early two thousands, where I don't know if I like games anymore. I haven't felt like that. Yeah. And, but there were times, even as a young kid, Zelda did that to me, like because I was like, oh, I don't want to play games anymore. I want to play baseball. I want to go outside, you know, shit yeah, like that. Yeah, but yeah. now I always came back to games and. This game got me into it, mm-hmm. and it's, it resonates. It's it's still a very important part of my of, of my life. First game you ever played? Yep, first game I ever played. I'm jealous. The first game I ever played was fucking ET on the Atari 2600. <laughs> oh my god, that game was yeah a classic, a um, classic piece just, of shit. Man, oh long neck having ass. That's all the game was. Just oh, you can make his neck longer, and then you just it's just blocks. And then they buried all of them in the desert. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. There's a documentary on about uh, uh, it. But um, my number one, um, I want to take you back to Christmas, okay. uh, 1998. I love Christmas. Uh, it was a good day. Um, man, I had um, been begging for Metal Gear Solid, and damn it, I got Metal Gear Solid. Hell yeah. Um, I you showed up there. I've never ran to my room to play a game because I played demo disc too, and I'd never been so excited to play a game in my life, um, and still have never been that excited ever. Um, yeah. Man, without Metal Gear Solid, games wouldn't define me at all. Um, much like your 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 um, I almost said Mario Gear, uh, <laughs> your your, uh, your Mario story. This game was the start of everything for me. I mean, it wasn't the first game I'd ever played. But it was the game that made me realize that um, games would always be a part of of my memories. Whether right. I whether I gave up on games later on in life or not, I would always have this memory of Metal Gear and how much it made my day and made my yeah. holiday so special. Um, so it defined me uh, in, in 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 a lot of ways. Um, I realized when I played that game that games could tell stories. I was used to, and I, I kind of made a joke about Paperboy a minute ago, but I was used to that. That's yeah. all I really knew at the time. Um, you know, it was PlayStation was cool. It was doing some stuff I never had never seen before. That was all great and, and cool, but like this game was telling me a story, and it was like reminded me of action movies that I'd seen with my dad. Um, you know, I was obviously inspired by Escape from New York, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was it was telling the story about these twins that were like super soldiers and stuff like that, and I was just trying to wrap my head around the fact that it was it was trying to give me something really really deep and intricate with storytelling. It was highly cinematic, 
which I had never seen before. It was one of those games where it was like, it's like a movie. No, uh, because it. it was really cut like a movie. And, and then, you know, later on in, 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 in the years, we saw, like, Kojima's all about his movie style yeah. uh, for sure. Uh, it introduced a whole different genre to me, which was stealth, which, what? I'm used to shooting things with guns, jumping on, like, mush, you know, getting mushrooms, blah, blah, blah. I'm hiding in a locker right now. And, I, and I'm like, this is cool. This is like attack. This is like, and I'm thinking like 007, gold, you know, like espionage games or, or movies. Um, so I'm, I'm just trying to piece all of this together in my, in, in my, my 1998 little brain. <laughs> and I'm like, this is different. Really different. I, I have to plug in my controller to the second port. Oh, uh, Psycho Mantis. So that Psycho Mantis does Oh, here's a card that's temperature-based. If I go into this cold area and it gets cold and I hurry back and I pop it in the machine, yep. I can do, okay, go to this, like, lava, this, like, plant area where it's hot. Like, wow. There's a codec frequency I have to find on the case of the fucking <laughs> game. Oh, shit. What is this? You know, it's so, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just, there was the, the action, the pacing, the fucking boss fights, oh, man, Sniper epic. Wolf, Vulcan Raven, Ocelot, everybody. The, the fisticuffs fight with with liquid on uh, on the Metal Gear itself. The the chase at the end of the game, it was like, what? What? Yeah. Huh? And huh? so I, I uh, Metal Gear. Whose footsteps are these? <laughs> um. It 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 set the standard for all my expectations as a gamer. I, I never was able to. Um, I was never able to associate games the same way again, and I, it, it kind of turned me away from a, like like the Nintendos of the world too, because I'm like, I don't want to go back to that. Yeah, it's fuck, hard, it was hard. Fuck a Mario. Hard. Like I don't, yeah. I don't need Mario. I don't. You know, Sonic was my boy back in the day, but Sonic was, you know, just going out and getting rings. This this is some this is some new shit. And I saw something that you know, again, it was much like what I just said with uh, Kotor. If I see more of this, I'll never put games down. And um, you know, there's there's very few games out there quite like Metal Gear and quite like Kojima as as a as a visionary, but um, I'll never ever be able to define myself as uh, you know, in terms of just my overall taste in in, in stories outside of games with entertainment, with um, you know atmosphere, music, voice acting, uh, all stuff that I look for in other mediums of entertainment now. Uh, is really all based on this 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 game called Metal Gear Solid that just came out of nowhere in a demo disc one day, and changed the course of my life. You know, um, made me want to be in the in the in the industry, made me want to um, you know write about games, made me want to create dumb fan fiction about Metal Gear. I did that before too. That was a that was a that was a weird time in my life. Oh, um, Ocelot and Snake were getting it cracking oh. in them sheets. You know what I'm they saying? They were like Metal Gear. <laughs> What's in that backpack? <laughs> um, but yeah, it just—it it was amazing. Um, and so uh, there would be no other games. There'd be no podcast here. There'd be none of that without. Hell yeah. Uh, there'd be no Pablo. He wouldn't have been born. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would have told right. his parents, "Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it." Uh, if it wasn't for Metal Gear. So uh, my number one game that defined me, Metal Gear Solid. Hell yeah. All right. That's it, man. Okay. All right, homie. So let's talk about our cool down topic of the episode which is being a gamer in a relationship 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously, uh, Pablo, you are, you are a married man. I am. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there who, you know, I've been in relationships, of course, uh, you know, and, and, and I've, I've always been intrigued about how guys like us or gamers like us, you don't have to necessarily be a guy, but how gamers like us um, deal with being a gamer in, in, a, in a committed relationship and how we kind of manage those, those levers and how we deal with finding a right balance between making time for our hobby, making time for our relationship, of course. So I thought it would be cool to kind of take a little bit of a dive into that and, and, and talk to the people about just how we've, uh, how we've been still gaming it up throughout all of our relationships. Yeah. Uh, your marriage, obviously, and, and all of my, my failed relationships. <laughs> Okay, no, but um, so so why don't you uh, tell tell the yeah. people how you kind of how you kind of introduced the fact that you're a gamer and integrated that into your yeah. relationship turned marriage? Well, before that, I want to kind of say it really depends on the partner. Um, oh, of course, because for me, I've had past relationships where they just didn't get it. Right, right, and and you know, video, there are more important things than video games. Oh, of course. They, it's just, that's just the way that is, right? Yeah. And because there's more important things than, than than any kind of entertainment in terms of you know compared to living your everyday life. So you know there were times where I didn't play as much because of my partner, but there was a very weird feeling for it's like they don't want me to play because they don't get it. Mm-hmm. Not because it's affecting our relationship. They don't get it. And when you start putting those kind of things onto a partner, because I don't get it, so don't do that. I don't like it. That's bullshit. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's total bullshit. So I am in a weird position, Marco, and I'll tell you why. My wife hates me. So I'm kidding. <laughs> no, well, my, my wife is very um, – me and my wife are similar in that when I met her, uh, she's a very friendly person. She's, she's a very outgoing person, very friendly, wants to be everybody's friend, talks to everybody, like, loves everybody. Does she friendly. listen to this show? <laughs> The what? Does she listen to the show? I no no. She listens. Really? She listens. She, I'll throw it on and she'll listen. Oh god! Okay, but she's okay. It's too. <laughs> it's too nerdy for her in terms of video. She is a completely. Oh okay, gotcha. But my wife is, um, you know, and I'm and I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. I don't really want to engage much, but we're very similar in that when we're home, we love being together, mm-hmm. and we also love being together apart. Mm-hmm. It, again, I've been in other relationships where I'm at the house and they need me next to them at all times. It's like, what's going on? Like, they just want, they, it's almost like they hate that I'm doing something that I'm having so much fun without yes. them. Yes. And that disconnect is is very hard to get through. And I I, I, ne- I never cracked that nut. I never got, I never cracked that code. I didn't know how to get through that. Mm. Luckily, my wife isn't like that. My wife loves that I love something as much without her because mm. now she gets to do what she loves, uh, you know, whatever that may be, watching her TV shows. Yeah. Uh, you know, she also does, like, design, like, online designs and does, like, prints and stuff oh, like that. Oh, cool, cool. So whatever she likes to do, uh, she just, go ahead, do what you got to do. Now, when I first met her, I'm very trepidatious to tell mm-hmm. her how much of a fan of video games I was. Uh, just the same way I was very trepidation to tell her how much I love uh, WWE wrestling, right? <laughs> because um, it, it's you know it's culturally like oh you like wrestling you're like thirty I am yeah. so what right you like guys in spandex yeah so I, yeah. I'm 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 getting to know my wife um, and yeah you know the the wrestling thing was a non-issue she's also a wrestling fan mm-hmm. so that was a non-issue that was a plus she also is a sports fan 
to an extent, you know, she'll she'll yeah, tolerate yeah. and watch a game with me, which is you know also a first for me. The video game stuff, I was still kind of because it was it was it wasn't a point of contention in many relationships, but there were little things mm. where it's like, oh, what are you doing? I'm on the phone. I'm playing games. Why are you playing games? I'm like, cause what? Like, and I never had that issue with my wife, but at first, because I felt on from the set from the onset that too little different. I think this this might be the one. I kind of got that vibe off. Right, of right, right. So I was very like, oh, you play? Yeah, I, I play games. Not dabble. Do you, do you, do you all, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I was, what are you doing? I'm playing game, video game. Oh, I didn't know you, like, when I first remember, I don't remember, I don't know you play. I'm like, yeah. Yep. So you play a lot. She didn't ask me that. She, she goes, oh, so do you like video games? I'm like, yeah, I do. But, you know, I, I was like, yeah, I play, like, you know, like an hour, maybe. <laughs> Two hours. Two uh, two this man was lying. Two his three hours. Off. Check this out. Two three hours a week. <laughs> uh, but I stay busy Yo. with my things. Oh my uh, god! And then you know, and then we, and then we, and then we moved in together. And then the gotcha. No, here's the thing. Like I was still kind of like itching to play it, but I'm like, nah, I'll just watch this movie with you. Oh man! Basically, what I was doing, I was forcing myself into a situation that was of my total uh, create creation. Yeah. Uh, she didn't mind to watch the movie by herself or so much as to watch the things she wanted. Uh, at the whole time, she was very conscious of what she was going to watch because she wanted me to enjoy it and mm-hmm. it, she wasn't really watching what she wanted to watch. I was sure as so I wasn't watching what I wanted to watch. It's a weird moment there where... And then... And then we, we, we moved in together and then she... You know, the, the playing of games ramped up. Yeah, know? yeah. And and it was ne- we've never had a conversation about oh you play too much games or uh, hmm. this. However, I I I do tend to be like oh you do your thing boom I'm gonna go play games yeah and it's kind of like that's fine most of the time but there's sometimes that she's like you want to watch a movie or something and I'm like yeah the, no but, <laughs> but because you have to it, 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 you're in a relation you're in yeah. a committed relationship yeah. I'm a married man and so I. Just because she's okay with it, I don't want to be like, I'm going to just go play video games. All the time. And, and listen, guys, for – I don't have kids. That's mm-hmm. kind of my saving grace right now because I yeah. know a lot of people uh, that are – their wives are really cool with them playing video games. If their kids are, are, are all set exactly. and ready to go – and they have, you know, a couple of kids. So yep. I, I, that's the one thing we have to kind of understand. I, I, I don't have kids. And I'll tell you what. I take care of my nieces and nephews uh, often enough to know that the day or two that they're with me, I play no video games. Yep. For for many reasons. One, I'm hanging out with them. Exactly. I'm taking yeah, care yeah. of them. Two, yeah. I turn on that sucker. Can I play? Ugh. And I f- uh, yeah, of course you can play. Three, the game I might be playing is a, t- a little too violent. For of course, to, uh, yeah. To but um, you know, e- e- but even then, like my nephew is, uh, you know. Eight nine years old, and my other one's thirteen, and little one. They know I play video games, mm-hmm. and they come over and they talk to me video games all day. So yeah. Fortnite. Oh, I like this game. Like he, he's into like the Hello Neighbor stuff. Well, I don't know anything about that, mm-hmm. but I da- download, look at it, YouTube videos. That way, I know exactly what he's talking about. Oh, I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, I try to relate in that sense. But um, and, and the funny thing is, I told him my favorite game was Halo, and he picked up Halo, started to play Halo. He's like, "It's my favorite game too," and he's like, "No, it's not." <laughs> but anyway, but. One of those things where it's like I can see the connection also when I'm gonna have kids that I can make that connection with them through that obviously in moderation. But anyway, yeah, yeah. going back to that relationship aspect of it, uh, 
long story short, we never had a conversation about you play too many games, though I know when she's telling me you play too many games by, hey, let's do this, let's do that. I never, ever, ever say, I'm not going to go to dinner, I'm not going to go out, I'm not going to do that. Mm. To play video games. Right. Do I want to sometimes? Hell yeah. Sure. I, I get a new game, and the gate the day it comes out, she's made plans for us to go to dinner <laughs> with people I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. If those people I don't like are listening. Um, but I do it, and I end up having a great fucking time every mm-hmm. single time. I see that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think your story is... is is for the most part kind of an exception to the norm. I, I think, think so for a too. lot of guys. And yeah. you said your, your you know previous you know situations were yeah. were a lot more. I think of what a lot of guys experience more often than not. And yeah. we can only speak from heterosexual male you know right. with women experiences. Obviously, we we don't know what the other side of the coin is like in, in other ways. So we can only speak on a, on our experiences. Right. Um, for me, I think introducing gaming was always a challenge because I knew, like, especially. In you know the early two thousands, even even you know the last decade, it was still some carryover of a stigma about games being for kids or it's nerd culture. Oh, cool dork! We you know what else do you do? Do you wear your pajamas and stay in your mom's basement? Type of stuff. I mean, like if, if, it's, is it comfy? If she let me say that. Listen, rent free is 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 the way to be. <laughs> um, but you know, I I was always very timid about it, and and you know my. My first long-term relationship, um, she was cool with me being a gamer, um, and she played games from time to time as well. She would have, you know, the occasional addiction to a game, um, for the but for the most part, it was mainly me. And and I, I think I took it upon myself to just kind of tuck gaming away as best I could, and I would literally wait until she would just go to sleep, and I'd be like, okay, this is my window of time to play games. This is, it. and I would play literally with no sound because. It was better than just, you know, not playing them at all, and I could I could turn on subtitles. I'm cool because she's literally like she falls asleep, falls asleep in my lap or something like that, and I'm like gaming with my arm up and stuff like that, like all contorted. I'm like, oh, this is horrible. I'm gonna have like carpal tunnel in a few years. But I would try to go out of my way to just kind of bury it as much as possible. She knew I game. She knew I spent money on games. It was already known, but it was more of like. I I felt like she just didn't want to see it in action because she would I didn't want to have that scenario come up where she's like looking at me playing a game and going ah, he's playing another game aren't you doing you want to go to the mall like no I don't want to go to the mall I don't you know I, I didn't want to run into those problems so right. I would intentionally just tuck it away um, as I got older and as I got you know more I don't give a fuck um, about myself I was more able to. Uh, you know, especially re- in recent years, I've been able to kind of get ahead of it and say, "Listen, this is what I do. This is my passion. I'm, I, this was almost a career path for me. This is something that's important to me." And I'm very big on individuality and relationships. So if this is something that's not cool with you, no problem. If you don't get it, you don't get it. It's fine. But I'm I'm not a DIY project for anybody at this yeah, point. Right. So I'm not gonna like stop doing this because you don't like it or you know wait for you to get fed up with it and then we have to have a conversation. Like, is it cool or is it not? You know, um, and and I've noticed that the more open I am and the more like, you know, steadfast I am about like, hey, this is not going anywhere. Uh, it almost gets more respect from, from yeah. women than than it does to be like, is it? Do you have a well, problem if I play a game for an hour? Like, it's because it's a you also tough. show them how important it is to you, 
And if yeah. you try to hide it, mm-hmm. then at that point it's like, why are you hiding this from me? Who else are you fucking? <laughs> I, I was I just didn't want to play Call of Duty for me. <laughs> but who's Laura? Who's Laura? Laura C. <laughs> who's Who is that? that? Why are you with oh, she her? dresses like a whore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of to, to no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That, no I, I'm just. I, I just think that. Being um, being more upfront about it and, and speaking with kind of like a backbone. Uh, well, yeah. I, I wish I had the same backbone about the games I purchase uh, or don't purchase. Ain't but no backbone, um, but you know, I think Returnal. just being yeah, Returnal. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, by the way, we have a blog up on the website uh, that you can go check out now. Uh, that is called um, Returnal, Rick James, and something else. I, it was a it was a weird day for me, but it's it's it's, it's, it's a fantastic read. Uh, go check it out if you if you if you can on uh, cooldowntime.com. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it, it's just about kind of showing them look like I'm not going to let you push me around. And I think women in that subconscious way, like they like a guy that kind of stands up for themselves yeah, and isn't so. afraid to like, you know, f- push back a little bit and say, yeah. no, 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 you're not going to like run the show for me. Right. Um, MLB. Yeah. Yeah, but I I, I, <laughs> I agree because I mean, again, with my wife. Um, she doesn't know how to hide any emotion on her face. Mm. So I know it's it's time to, you know, you know, but I I think it's important to to us being uh married without kids to still be able to enjoy our individuality. Yeah. Uh even if even if we're in the same apartment space. Exactly. It, you know, you can still be who you are as a person. Of course. And not have to I I honestly prefer not having to share my video game love with her. Like, yeah. Because it's mine, and also I don't want to share my toys. No, no, no. <laughs> really, it's because it, it, it's yeah. it, it creates that sense of all right. I'm gonna do my thing. You do your thing. Yeah. And of course, we have other things that are our things that I do that she doesn't do. Yeah. So on, so forth. But you know, this is just one of those things. And the the moment. And it's kind of the end of kind of my my portion of it. The moment that I realized that my wife was like, "Hey, it's cool." Is mm-hmm. for Christmas before we were married. She bought me an Xbox uh, One. Oh yeah. yeah, she's the one that she she got. So it's like that's when I realized like, "Hey, it's it's fine. It's it's <laughs> it's it's okay. You yeah, you love this stuff. I don't know what this is all about. Mm-hmm. I, I just know Mortal Kombat, Mario, and yeah, and uh, Sonic. So, but you know." And I've had some experiences where I'm playing uh, a certain game, and she's sitting there, and she's kind of like into it a little bit. And those are kind of nice when they come far. That's the thing yeah. too. Like, misca- there's also a lot of misconceptions about gaming from yeah. women. They don't realize like what games are like now. Like, yeah. oh, this is like a story. I kind of want to see what happens. Yes, yes, like, yes, yes. Um, a lot of them just think it's still like oh, guns and murder and yeah, violence yeah, yeah. and whores, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's not the case so, so much anymore. Um, one misconception uh, misconception that an ex uh, of mine had was, oh, you're a gamer, like. Like when we move in together someday, are you gonna bring over like a thousand game cartridges and like cases and everything? And I'm like, no, sweetheart. There's digital games now. I just buy all my games digitally. She's like, oh, yeah. So she never had a problem with like the act of playing games. It was more of like, where are we gonna put all your shit? Yeah, yeah. And didn't yeah. even realize that like there's a whole different option that doesn't even have that problem. So it was like, oh, it's just um, a lot of stigmas. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just it, you're right. There's a lot of stigmas. There's a lot of misconceptions, and I think it's just hard to kind of figure out how to explain games to women sometimes. They just yeah. see a you sitting in front of a controller with your eyes glazed over and like focusing and they're like, What 
what? Yeah. Um, but I think over time, when you're with the right person, and I think this kind of segues into what advice we'd give to um, people that are in the dating scene that are gamers, I, I would say um, the, the right person for you is going to, number one, to Pablo's point, respect your individuality. Um, they're it, they're going to have their things. They're going to want to watch my 600-pound life or whatever the hell they like to do. And, and that's their thing. And, and if you're cool with that, you should expect reciprocity. Um, instead of, you know, it's okay for them to be them and them to like what they like, but you have to do all the bending and contorting right. to suit their ideal version of you. Um, so I'd say just, you know, be upfront about it and, and, be, and, and don't downplay what you love because it's an important part of your day-to-day. It's what you do to treat yourself. And as long as you're a responsible adult that takes care of your – you pay your bills, you have a good job, you take care of your kids, your family, whatever you got going on, and that's what you're that, – that's your shit – then that's your shit. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys out there who go out and party every night, do a bunch of, you know, foul, illegal shit, cheat on their, their spouses or girlfriends and stuff. You know, some women don't even know where their men are sometimes. And you can be found in the living room with a controller in your hand. So yeah. you, want, you want to be with somebody that has that kind of perspective and understands, like, this could be a lot worse for me. Sure. So, you and, know, I'm going to I'm going to chill on this whole gaming issue. And, you know? and 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 the advice I'd give as well is is the fact that um, first be open about it like you know to Marco's point as well, but also um, don't realize that that doesn't mean that as a single person when you play all hours of games you're going to do that in a relationship. Mm. Like there is mm. a balance that you now have to uh, adhere to, right? There is there's moderation now in, in terms of like you, your your life was your life, but now your your, your life is with someone else. Yeah, and therefore you have to adjust that. So it's not like no, I play games thirty hours a a, a week yeah. a day. I don't know how I do that, but I I'm still <laughs> and, no. You, and I press pause the fuck like yeah. No, no, so. <laughs> no, no sir. man. No, yeah, sir. it's not gonna work. No. Uh, yeah, just be just you know be open about it and do not. Like, because Marco said, don't be afraid. If they don't get it, don't educate them. Mm-hmm. Let them know why you love it. Let them know what it is about games that, that you keep coming back to them and show them what a game is in 2021. Exactly. Because they'll be surprised. Yeah. They're, they're still thinking you're walking around here with saying, uh, you know, collecting rings and a, with a, uh, yeah. with a hedgehog with it's, some weird stuff. It's not bleeps on. and bloops and stuff like that anymore. No. And I think if they see kind of what you analyze about it, I talk to, I say, you know, look, I, I, I examine like the way the production values, the sound, almost like I'm a, like I'm reviewing a movie. And then yeah. they go, oh, yeah, I yeah. get it. Like you're watching a movie and reviewing it like like blah, blah, blah. Does on. And you, and you could have said that before, but when they saw the game, they're like, that shit don't look like no movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, you know, now it does. You know? Yeah, so I, I think uh, it, it's it's definitely possible to be a gamer, and thankfully the stigmas are slowly but surely going away. Oh, and yeah. a lot more female, uh, in terms of demographics, a lot more females play video games now more than ever. Yeah. So it's much more understandable, and I think when you get to a certain age bracket, there's there's a point that comes where I think women, you know, for the most part, with some exceptions obviously, will kind of go, okay. This isn't the worst I've ever dealt with. You know, it, a video gamer. Okay, cool. It's better than getting cheated on by you know the asshole that did this to me back then. You know, they'll start to kind of put things in in order of importance in their brain, and they'll eventually kind of go, okay, this yeah. is fine. This is fine. Um, so uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's that's uh, our gamers in relationships segment of the show. Well, if you made it this far then you must enjoy the ramblings of men approaching the halfway point of their lives and still talking about video games without any amount of shame. They love it. That's, that's what we just did. Mm-hmm. Because we love video games, but we also love you, the listener. 
Yeah, mm. it's only five episodes, five dates, and I love you. <laughs> Marco, do you love them? I'll fight your family if you don't love us. Remember what I said? I know that we're in love. Uh, I tell you that you should be doing... Uh, I hate to tell you you should be doing things for us already, but don't forget to subscribe, review, and tell your friends that you just discovered the thing called podcasting. <laughs> and that so far, to your knowledge, the Cool Downtime Podcast is the only podcast that ever exists. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See ya.